Hello, friends, and welcome to So Poetry, the Poetry Conversation Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Michael Zuloff, and it is honestly a thrill to be back in front of the microphone talking to y'all again. Um, I would like to apologize up top for the abruptness and the length of this most recent hiatus, uh, and would like to say that I deeply appreciate y'all's patience uh, in regard to recording and releasing these episodes. Um, there's been a lot of upheaval in my life recently, um, which by and large has been good, but with every upheaval there comes um, disruptions, for lack of a better term. And for the past couple of months it's just been real difficult to find the internal bandwidth to do recordings. Um, but that being said, uh, the, the hiatus is officially done. Uh, I have a lot of really amazing guests uh, that in store for y'all, and the first of which is a dear, dear friend of mine who is freshly barbered and looks so fly <laughs> and so fresh, Tyler Mendelson. Um, Hi. Do you want to talk a little bit about yourself and what you're up to? Um, sure. What am I up to? Um, um, I'm currently recording a podcast. Yeah, cur I'm currently <laughs> and a couple hours, a couple hours from a fresh barber shop cut. I don't know how to call it. Yeah, anyway. So yeah. Um, do you do you go like? So, I, I don't mean to step over your introduction, but I was thinking <laughs> no, about this No, this is great. Earlier. I love talking about barbershops okay. and my hair. <laughs> so, when I was younger, when I had really long hair, I went to the hair salon that my mom went to. Yeah. I, I, I went to, a, like, a barber, um, barbers when I was very young. Um, is the, like, is the place that you go to an actual barbershop? Yeah. Okay. And actually, one thing, I was just talking about this with someone. I started having a version of this haircut that was shaved on the side it mm -hmm. was slightly different but um in 2014 and when i would go you know because i'm non-binary assigned female at birth for people who don't know me and um mostly read as a woman by strangers mm -hmm. not always but anyway um i would people would be you know think i was there with my boyfriend or something or like there's one person who was like very performative about not being able to cut my hair like it's the same length as men, cis men that are in there. Right, yeah, and it's like, it's not yeah. like dudes don't have your hairstyle. Yeah, or like, have hair. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you doing this if you don't can't cut hair? But anyway, so, yeah. um, but, um, yeah, now, like, the last few years I've noticed that, like, people don't even bat an eye, no one looks at me. I used to, like, be uncomfortable going into barbershops, but now. Yeah. So it's I mean, nice. is, it, is it a, like, I guess, non-traditional barbershop, or is it? Um, I think it's pretty traditional. Like, it's mostly cis men in there. Usually. Okay. Or, well, people I read as cis men, which is maybe not an assumption. But, um, yeah. and another thing I realize is that I am going to a different location, so that could be part of it. But I feel like there might have been a change in those last, like, seven years. I mean, I probably... Oh, yeah. Before we get into that, though, you can yeah. finish introducing <laughs> yeah, yourself. Yeah, this is a really long time. I'm a very tangent -y person, everyone, so... You're on the right podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um... <laughs> Um, I'm a writer. Um, I've been playing drums for a while in a band with Michael. Mm -hmm. um, and, and a writing group. Yeah, and a writing group. <laughs> um, we do a lot of projects together. Yes. Um, what else? Um, I'm sober. That's a big part of my life. Um, I'm non-binary, as I said. I have a, My book, Laurel, came out in 2019, so that's the last like big project I worked in terms of writing that I worked on. Um, you got some stuff in the cooker. Yeah, sort of. I've, I've been, there's definitely essays that are, you know, 
In the cooker. Yeah, in the cooker also, <laughs> yeah, because the pandemic hasn't, I will say, hasn't been super fruitful for me, but I'm not really that upset about it, because yeah. it's just everyone reacts differently to Yeah, I mean, I, I've been, I personally, the pandemic has also been not great um, for me, personally. It's not yeah. been great for way to And it's great if it has for some people, because I know it oh, has, yeah. but um, yeah, I've definitely been practicing drums because I'm taking virtual drum lessons, so, and I've been learning drum notation, which has been fun, but um, yeah. And that, that is a good creative outlet, but, and yeah. I, I, it's not that I haven't been writing, but, and I write for my full-time job, but, um, yeah, yeah I, in terms of my own writing, it's been sparse, but I do have a bunch of things that are on my mind that I'm thinking about, yeah. and I that mean, I've started. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like, I've been trying to reassure, or I guess, console myself that, you know, like, the, I don't know what author or what artist was, um, this is attributed to, I think it's been attributed to a, a ton of fucking people, but the idea that like trees don't flower all the time. Yeah. I love that. Um, which, you know, like is a, is a feels, um, I don't know, like diminutive, but like I have taken it very much to heart. You know, it's like, it takes a tremendous amount of energy, um, like storage and then output for trees to do what it is that they do. Yeah. Like, and if they did that all the time, they would just burn themselves out and probably die because, you know, they, they don't have the ability to do that. Yeah. Especially when they lose the leaves and whatever. But the, I've, I've taken that to heart to mean basically that, like, there are productive, like, outgrowth, or I guess, like, blossoming periods of your life. And there are periods of your life that, you know, it's like you're barren and you're just, like, either hunkered down or just fucking storing things up. Yeah. You know? And I... Um, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Good. I I feel a lot more. Um, I don't know if chill is the right word, but I just feel a lot more. I used to be really. Uh, I can't think of the word like neurotic about if I wasn't writing for a while, mm. but I just feel like I trust that when I am ready to do so, I will. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel worried about it. Yeah. And I was talking to someone the other day, a friend who was saying, she's not really writing either, and she was saying. Um, she feels like she might regret not writing about what it was like to go through this time, but also she feels like she needs distance. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about how I started doing the artist way, you know, mm -hmm. um, like just coincidentally, like maybe a week before everything shut down. And so it does, you know, she has you do the morning pages. So I have like journal entries from the first three months every morning of like what I was thinking in the beginning of this. But otherwise, like, I don't know. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like. If the if this if the pandemic has taught me anything, it's the like, the value of rest in the sort of non yeah. non judgmentalness, um, or non judgmental, like, positioning that I need to take in regard to rest and just accept that like, you know, when I get I can do a maybe a thing in a day and that's like it and that's I'm tapped out yeah. and I, you know that's been um, a big thing for me because. Um, just before the pandemic, I was kind of grappling with, like, I'm doing all these creative things, but I'm not even really enjoying them because I'm just checking them off the mm -hmm. list and just, like, getting to the point where I can finally stop doing things. Yeah. And then, you know, lots of social plans, which I still do have, but I feel like, um, yeah, throughout this past year, which has been difficult in lots of ways, getting better, but, um, well, not really getting better because there's fucking Delta and everything, but yeah, yeah. personally getting better, but globally getting terrible yeah. anyway um i feel like 
yeah, I've accepted more. Maybe that's part of why I'm not as like neurotic about not writing because I feel like I don't know. I just have been prioritizing yeah. under like balance and understanding when I need to rest. Yeah, and, and I and I think that there's like what um, I'm working with uh, a poet. I mean, I know her primarily as a poet, but I think she's more known as a fiction writer. Uh, Maria Goodson. Um, oh yeah, she's, I love her. She's anybody great. in Baltimore in the literary scene probably knows Maria Goodson. Yeah. Um, but we've been, we've been, I've been working with her on a, a poetry collection, and I feel like there's, there's a line in one of her poems. I'm probably not going to get it correct, but it's the gist of the line is um, like vow never to do anything that you can't do smiling, or like something along those lines of, of like, yeah. which I've, I've taken to read of you know like don't do things that you don't enthusiastically want to do yeah um because i i'm not not that i was engaged in a lot of things that i i was not enthusiastic about but that's always something that's sort of in my mind of like if i take on a project or do a thing it's like i don't i don't want it to just be a thing that i that i know that i have to do and force myself to do it's like i want it to be a thing that i can i approach enthusiastically and i'm because yeah it takes like especially with like writing projects and stuff it's like sometimes they take such a long fucking time yeah. and like you need that enthusiasm to sort of sustain the momentum to get you through the entire project otherwise yeah. it's just going to turn into work and it's something that you will probably avoid and never finish yeah i was going to say especially with creative projects it's not you know it's not really useful to be well not useful is like a really um, utilitarian <laughs> word or whatever. Yeah. but like I don't the know. Non, I just, the non-utilitarian uh, connotation of that word. Yeah, yeah, like I just feel like if, yeah, if you're not enthusiastic about it, I... Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the pandemic is also like, I mean, I'm, I don't know if there, if this is introverts across the board or if there's a very particular type of introvert that does this, but the, but like, whenever I make plans, there's always that little hope that they get canceled and I just don't have to do them. Oh, this made me realize that I'm actually like, I hate to say it, but more of an extrovert than I realize. <laughs> I think I'm going to talk to you about this, but like, I'm definitely split between the two mm -hmm. in a way, but I've been really energized by seeing people like, you know, vaccinated friends since we've been able to do that. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I towards, I guess this was maybe a couple months ago. I was actually like, I was like, I really want to throw a party. I've never yeah. wanted. I've never in my life wanted to throw a party. Yeah. It's like I want to fucking throw a party because I want to see people. This makes me think about how, you know, how I've told you that we're so different that we come back around yep. being the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know why it made me think about that because it's sort of tangential, but like, yeah. Well, I was just that, like I. I feel like another lesson that the pandemic has taught me is that, you know, like say yes to as as much that you feel like you can say yes to but also it's like is it just say like sometimes you just gotta say fucking no yeah and it's, there's nothing wrong with like if an opportunity presents itself and you're just like you know you have you have the awareness or you do the self-assessment and be like this is you know is this something that i can legitimately take on yeah and if it's something that you actively really enthusiastically want to do you will find time you will make time you will you will re be able to organize your life in such a way to incorporate that thing into it. But if it's just a thing and like there's resistance to doing it, I mean, maybe figure out what the root of that is. But ultimately it's like, if you don't want to do it, it's yeah. cool to just say no, or it's good. Like, 
to to be I guess maybe be more for me to be more honest it's like if there are plans if there's something that comes up just be like you know to for the not an excuse but a like to decline and the reason of declining is just like I just don't I don't have it in me it's like I really want to but I just I fucking I just can't yeah you know it's like that's valid and that's that's something that I've like I think I've shied away from or I've always tried to have a legitimate reason to say no to something aside from just like ah, I'm not feeling it but yeah. it's like that's a perfectly valid reason to yeah, not do it cause, yeah cuz you know I mean there've been I feel shitty I I bet it was I, this is maybe not a public apology is maybe not the best way to do this, but we're here and it's on topic. Um, that like the last handful of things that you've invited me to do, I just oh yeah, like, it's okay. You know, it's like I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> public apology is gonna be to me. It's okay. <laughs> um, it's like I'm grateful that you keep inviting me to do things, and that's something that's like a, a, an issue or something that I've wrestled with. Of like the more that I decline to do a thing the less likely that friends will be to invite me to do things yeah. well i haven't felt like you've been just like okay. declining me left and right cool. there's just been a couple of things that you weren't able to go yeah. to and like i i i'm hopeful that i can get back to the point that like an impromptu thing is something that i i can do again because yeah. I, I was fully on board the like had i not been at my apartment cleaning it um i would have totally gotten ice cream oh yeah i was just really <laughs> looking for ice cream and i i, I get the most um, frequent impromptu thing will be it will be like, I'm just craving ice cream and I want someone. I mean, I'm I'm that's right and, up my alley. And Trish is like at work or something, and I'm. I'm I'm yeah. usually fully on board to go get ice cream regardless of yeah. <laughs> like agnostic of whenever it is. Yeah. Um. But, um, let's get to let's talk poetry. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> poetry. Okay. Um. So. I don't know if I realized this, but when we were, I mean, I realized this, I realized we were texting earlier. That's not the thing that I didn't realize, but when we were, <laughs> we were texting earlier, sort of in prep for this episode, you said that when you were younger, you wrote poetry. And I don't know if that's a thing that I ever realized. Yeah. I so, wrote a lot of, oh, I'm sorry. Well, no. So I wanted to ask like how, what was, how did poetry or what was like the first introduction of poetry into your life? Well, that's, I don't know if I remember. Um, yeah, that's cool. Definitely rhyming. Cause that was what you learn as a kid. But, um. I actually recently found a poet, like a poetry quote unquote book that I wrote when I was a kid that's in the house, but um, like right here in this very house. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I actually wrote fi only fiction and poetry, which right now I only write essays. Um, wow. Yeah. And, so, I, and one of the things I was thinking about this part of it is that like, I don't think memoir or essay, well, essays were a thing, but, and memoir obviously existed, but it wasn't really, I didn't really mm. know that it was an option, I don't think then. Yeah. But I, I, like, most of what I did in my free time when I was a kid, I feel like, because, like, I didn't have a lot of friends when I was a kid in my town, but, yeah, most of what I did, I feel like, is write fiction and, and poetry to a lesser extent, but, yeah, fiction. Okay. Um, I mean, do, do you, but, like, what, do you, can you remember, like, what, like, why poetry at that age felt like it was an option for you? Was it... Yeah, um... Because I know leading up to this podcast and I was thinking about my, you know, wondering whether I'm, thank you for believing in me, by the way, because <laughs> I, I am like, you know, I don't write poetry, I'm a writer, but, um, and I was thinking about how I've been in a writing group with you and mostly poets, I mm -hmm. think all poets, maybe for like six years. Yeah, I think I mean, it is. I mean, Anthony and Andrew are like. Well, there are people who write essays and poetry, yes. but everyone, I think, besides me, writes like yeah does write poetry yeah and um yeah so I've been in this group I feel like I would be a person because there is generally I feel like an intimidation about poetry and 
you would, I feel like one would think that maybe I would be someone who wouldn't be as intimidated after all this time, like <laughs> having gone an MFA, like, right. you know, yeah. critiquing poetry with people for six years <laughs> with poets. Um, and I do read a fair, I read more prose, but I read a fair amount of poetry. But I think when, I guess when you're a kid, there's not that self-consciousness. Mm, um, yeah. And I think, I was trying to think about what is intimidating to me. And it's like, it's so like a, I guess a caveat I'm going to say is like all these things I'm saying are like the irrational part of my brain because the rational, or I don't know if the rational is the right word, but mm -hmm. I, I know that this isn't the case, but mm -hmm. I think even sometimes with the writing group, and I, I think I might have talked to you about this briefly before, but like, I'm like worried I'm going to get it quote unquote wrong or something, you know, and I don't feel that way with prose because I, I, I don't know, maybe just because I write prose, but mm. I mean, also you... isn't that intimidation and... So would you, like, I was thinking about, I was wondering, I wanted to ask you this because I, I was thinking about, like, do you feel a similar intimidation about talking, in talking about, like, fiction as opposed to nonfiction? Um, or is it just, well, like, is it poetry? I mean, because they're both prose, I know that there's some overlap, but is there, like, is there just some trepidation around talking about poetry specifically? I'm not, it's hard to answer because I've only, I haven't critiqued as much fiction mm, to the okay. in this workshop, but, That's um. Fair. But yeah, I think um, there was something I was just going to say and I lost it. Um, okay. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> so this, it's so, um, um, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess, back. like, that's, that is a really interesting point that, like, when you're a kid, I feel, well, I feel like I had, I personally, at a certain age, had a lot of self-consciousness around some of the things that I did. But there is, yeah, I feel I had like... more, yeah, more in certain ways when I got to, like, middle school, way more than I do now. But yeah. when you're, I'm thinking of elementary school and stuff like that before. Yeah, you just, like, you just do shit. And you don't, you, yeah. don't, you don't care about following the rules or whatever. You just kind of, you, you go where you're moved to go. Yeah. Which, interestingly enough, feels like, at least the way that I approach and sort of deal with poetry, like, that is basically how... Poetry is, uh, like, manifests in my life. Like, yeah. I, I have many, many times tried to have a writing practice. Yeah. Um, you know, like, spend so many so many minutes or, you know, an hour or whatever every, every day writing, trying to generate a thing. And it has never, ever worked for me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, granted, I've never really stuck with it super, super long, but... Most of the thing, I, I don't think that there's anything that I've ever generated in one of those writing sessions that is, like, something that I've valued and have turned into an actual poem. Yeah, that's... Um, so it, it usually manifests as, like, I write when I get moved to write, um, which sometimes is a lot, and over p the pandemic has been not a ton. Yeah. Um... Which, on the one hand, is like, it's sort of kind of like we were talking about before, the, um, like that, the, like being not as neurotic about not writing. Yeah. Um, at least for me personally, it's like, I've gone through, like, dry spells before. Yeah. And I've always come out the other side writing poetry again. So it, for me, it's like, okay, you know, it's like, this is one that's just longer than most, um, for various reasons. But like I trust that there, it's going to come back, and it, similarly, I guess to you, it's like I have some I have some ideas of stuff that are kicking around, and I think yeah. they're just taking longer the, to um, germinate than they usually do. Um, I know you've submitted some stuff to Healthies, which is yeah, and and I, I if I'm remembering correctly, some of the stuff that you've submitted is 
you know, in your voice, of course, but like feeling like it's sort of yeah, there different. Been some, there uh, have been some changes. Yeah, which is um, cool. Which I don't like. I've been working on, um, for listeners out there, I've been working on a manuscript for now for the past like three years, I think. Um, and I don't know, like I've never worked on a writing project this long before, so I'm, I'm not, I don't really know how to deal with the fact that my voice from the start of it to like the poems that I wrote at the yeah. very beginning to the poems that I will write that will wind up being the end of the process, like it's good, there'll be changes in there. Like, that's that's how it was with Laurel for me, sorry. Oh yeah. yeah, cause you were working on that for a long time. Yeah, right? and, and I was like getting through early sobriety to like more, mm. a little more time in sobriety, which was like completely changed the way that I see things and think. So mm. it was like, but yeah. Uh, Anyway, I just totally derailed. Hmm. I no, actually I, thought of what I was going to say before. Lay it on, on me. <laughs> so I was thinking, um, one of the things about writing poetry, because I know you've encouraged me to try writing poetry. Yes. Um, Many times. Yeah. And <laughs> some of the intimidation, well, I, to be fair, I haven't tried that hard. Um, like, I haven't, like, you know, given <laughs> But, like, um, I, I think when I first got sober, I was going to try I think I might have submitted like a couple poems or something. I can't remember, but um, but one of the things is I feel like it's wild. I was thinking about this. It's I can be writing the exact same thing and like very similar to this some of the essays that I write, but once I realize it's a poem, it's like some part of me just feels like it's trying too hard and like oh, and I just like have a really big like I'm sort of like repelled by the idea of trying too hard, which is wild. I was also thinking. Hmm. Writer, you know, if we're writing something, we should be trying, you know, and right. in our writing group, we could spend like a half hour talking about one word, and that's like great, and I love that. So it's not like we're not trying, it's just like sort of, I guess, some of the writing that I enjoy reading, someone probably spends a lot of time on it, but maybe you don't see that work. Right, and I yeah. feel like, and I, I feel like that, that would take, for it to not seem like I was trying too hard, it would take like more time and effort, but I, I immediately get intimidated with poetry more than essays. If it like starts to feel like I'm trying too hard, I immediately like never mind. This is dumb. I mean, is it is it a is it feeling like you're trying too hard, or is it like a sort of like weird self consciousness that you're like you're now in the space of a poem? And yeah, I think it's like the self consciousness which which leads to the feeling of trying too hard. Okay. It's like it's literally the same thing as I was writing an essay, except like it's different because it's a poem. But right. I mean, I haven't gotten past that initial barrier. Okay. Yet. I mean, do you? So this is. I would like to return to that idea, but there's something yeah. that you that you said earlier that like with within the context of the writing group that you're still sometimes concerned of getting like the poem quote unquote wrong. Yeah. Like, what? Wrong how? Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that's like the main thing I'm thinking when I go into. The right, group. right, right. I mean, is it is it oh. like wrong interpretation or wrong is just that, like you're you're not experiencing it or interacting with it in the like quote-unquote way that it should be yeah um i think the experiencing it I'm, I'm feeling much more i don't want to say confident well maybe confident about because yeah. like you've all expressed that you just you like to hear how people are experiencing it and so like i i can trust my own experience right. you know what i mean like yeah. i'm not i know that that's what i was feeling when i read it you yeah know? or like the things that trip me up, maybe, um, which I know you all have talked about wanting to hear about too. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, maybe the interpretation of it, because I'll have like my mm. own interpretation, and I know that everyone brings their own interpretation. Because it's like 
same thing with any other kind of art. Right, but yeah. um, for some reason, yeah, I don't know. It's it. I know all these things intellectually, but there is just like that huge barrier, and I, I don't know really why it's so intense. Have but. you have you ever read the book Why Poetry by Matthew Zabruder? I did, but it was a while ago. Okay, so I I've been sort of I started it oh, years and years ago. And never finished, and then I started it, restarted it recently, and just got bogged down in other shit. Um, but, I, like, granted, I have not read a ton of other books that are, like, on, po like, poetry, m like, metaphysic type, or meta-commentary type stuff. You know, yeah. like, writing about poetry. Um, but I, like, if, if there are any listeners out there that really, that similar to Tyler, share a sort of trepidation or a, like general unease or feeling of like unqualified like the lack of qualification to talk about poetry read this book because in the first i want to say like chapter or two it pretty much dispels that notion i wish i remember because <laughs> <laughs> um, like the i i think i don't know if this has been your experience but i feel like with a lot of people there's this idea that like poetry is this weird like esoteric, like there are these hidden meanings, or there's this like yeah. one true interpretation, um, and that if you don't find it, or that it's some there's some like hidden meaning in it, and you have to uncover that in order to understand. Or you're it. not like smart enough, right? Which yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah, it's like that they're they're like puzzle boxes. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that there is some poetry that operates in that realm, um, but the poetry that I uh, tend to gravitate towards and react to the strongest is poetry that's basically, I mean, like Mary Oliver is a, is a prime example of this. It's like, she goes out on a walk, she sees a bunch of shit, it makes yeah. her feel things, and then she translates those feelings into a poem by sort yeah. of talking about the things that she saw. I might have talked to you about this once, but one thing I've noticed about poetry is like, I don't want to say no matter what it's talking about, but often, very often, if I'm reading a poem, there's something about poetry that just makes me very emotional and want to cry. <laughs> and like, well, I mean, I think that um, like, the, yeah. I mean, I I think at least to me, like, like we've we've talked about this before on on numerous walks. The idea that like within poetry, at least. As far as I'm concerned with the poetry, again, with the poetry that I like, I, I tend to, to favor and the, the poetry that I tend to write, the point of the poem is to convey an emotional experience. Yeah. Like, that's it. Everything in the poem, if it's a story, you know, it's like if, it, if there's some narrative that's happening there, if it's any of the images, any of the, like, the beats of it, whatever, all of that should be working um, in consort to, like convey in an impactful way the ex the emotional experience of whatever it is that, that you had. And I know one of, one of the reasons you have encouraged me to write poetry is because we felt like Laurel was like poetry adjacent and... Um, well, I mean, I feel like, mo like most of the, a lot, the more lyrical essays or the, the more lyrical bits of the essays that you write are like, write, it's like, you could throw some, some like, uh, slashes in there and it would be a prose poem. Yeah. Well, what, what I was, I was going to say was I'm definitely, like, I do like story, but I'm not, plot isn't my, definitely my main concern, and yeah. it's emotion, but also sound. I really think about sound a lot, and I always have, 
And I think part poetry, of it, dude. And part of it, yeah, and part of it is like, like I'll just go over the sound, the way a sentence sounds for like an amount of time that I'm not gonna say. But um, but like I, yeah, I um, and I, I, I think like I'm thinking about it right now, and I'm just like thinking out loud, so I don't know if this. Mm. Is, but um, I feel like for me personally, something that isn't doesn't read lyrically or like beautifully to me like won't elicit that same emotion so maybe the sound is like mm. a vehicle to get to the emotion um oh interesting but that's just a personal thing but like huh. um but yes yeah, sound and emotion are definitely important i mean i do it's like i am writing essays about specific topics that do have like somewhat no i, I guess no they're i don't necessarily feel like that does have the stuff that i write has a plot but it's like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, and that's that's the thing. Like, that's one of the reasons why I feel like creative nonfiction and poetry are much like if if poetry is on one end of the spectrum and fiction prose is on the other end, creative nonfiction occupies a space that is sort of in between them. Yeah. And can move in either in, towards either pole depending upon what's happening yeah. in the thing. Because I've definitely read memoir that's like. Basically feels like straight up fiction. It's like autobiographies. You know, it's like yeah. they're telling, like, the, the point of it is to tell the story of a life or yeah. to tell, you know, whatever. Yeah, I remember in, in grad school, Betsy um, assigned our professor. Mm-hmm. Um, as I know you know, but, <laughs> but yeah, she assigned, well, I mean, it seems clear yeah. when I say assigned. But anyway, um, she assigned this book, what was it, it's Tobias Wolf? Yeah. Um, I forget what it's called, like Boy Something. Oh, um... Yeah, I... But I basically didn't have the vocabulary then, or, like, the... I don't know, like, she talked about loving that book because it's a memoir that reads, like, fiction, but I, like, didn't feel connected to it because I felt... Not that I do like reading fiction, but... And a lot of the fiction I read I, that I enjoy is also feels more, like, memoir or, like, creative nonfiction mm-hmm. and, and is, like, more lyrical. Yeah. And this felt very, like, you know... He did this and he did that, as if I can remember it correctly. Yeah. Um, no, I'm 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 with you on that. Yeah, it's like it was, it felt more like like the point of it was the story, whereas the point of a lot of other nonfiction that I've read isn't like. It's the emotional impact of the story. Yeah. Or it's like it's the emotions that are embedded in the story is or what you're trying to convey or like the so. In fiction. Like, the point is the story, and the story is the means to convey the story. In a weird cyclical way, or like the plot is the thing that's important. Like the 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 things that happen in the story are what's important, and the story itself is the way to convey that. In in creative nonfiction, lyrical essays, whatever, like the emotions are the thing that are are that are the emotions are the things that are important, and the story is the is a means of conveyance for those emotions. Yeah. And on poetry, it's like the emotions are the thing that are like, that's what you're trying to convey. And you're like, you're getting everything that is not like any superfluous thing involved in getting these emotions across. You're excising them, them from the process. And you're just dealing with like, this is the, like the smallest unit that I can break this emotional like thing down into and still give it to you for it to to hit you in the way that I want it to hit you. Yeah, because I was going to say there is an attention to detail in poetry that I feel like can be, can definitely be there in creative nonfiction, but I feel like it's more, it's more pronounced in poetry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's because like, 
I feel like in creative nonfiction, or like in prose in general, it's like you have the sort of benefit of there are certain, I don't know, like conventions. You know, it's like in in a in a book there will be there's always a paragraph, or it's broken up between a couple of paragraphs of like setting this the setting. It's like it gives you the where this thing is taking place, and a lot of times like if it's not written super like engrossingly, I just kind of skim it. Yeah, I do the same thing, and I always thought that was like, you know, I was like reading wrong, you know, reading yeah. wrong or whatever, quote unquote. Well, it's for me, it, you know, it's like if it's if it's not something that like really grabs my attention, I will just sort of skim, but it doesn't impact the like my experience of the story because you know it's like I can it'd be like watching, like it'd be the difference between studying like a photograph of the scene versus watching it pass through your like car window it's like you, you get the gist of it and you know it's like if there's some if there's some thing that was foreshadowed in the setting it'll like it'll come up later in the book or yeah. it'll be a thing that you that you see you're like oh shit i remember seeing it. And, you know you go back and you sort of connect it but i feel like with with poetry you don't have that luxury like you can't like there's you can't let the eye skim across the poem yeah because or if you do because like if you do, then it's so easy for people to just, at least in my experience, it's so easy for people to just, like, completely bounce off. Yeah, that's, like I said, like, the, like in our group, when we're talking about, like, a word or two for, like, yeah. a long time, it's right. because the, each word is very important. Right, yeah, and it's like, there, yes, I, I totally, I, I, I agree with you, and I never really thought about it in that regard before, that, like, there, because there are definitely times that it feels like, you know, we're hanging out on a, on a section or a thing, yeah. Where it feels like way too long, but and there are time, yeah, and there are also times where I comment on like a the, and I'm like, I hate, I, I love myself, but I hate myself right now. No, but like <laughs> I, I mean, I agree with you that in poetry, especially like if you're dealing with a short poem, it's like every every bit of that of that um, literary real estate has to be doing some amount of work to keep the per to keep whoever it is engaged in this thing. And it's like every every line, every moment has to have some degree of fire. Otherwise, it's not going to be like, like, otherwise, it's like, well, what's the point? You yeah. Know? Like, it needs to be, it needs to carry some sort of weight to it. It needs to be dense. Not in like a, a like a, like so many words on a page dense. It just needs to have like, like a, a you know, a black hole sort of dent. There's just a lot of fucking math. You yeah. can feel it when you, like, you're handling those poems. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's, that is a heavy fucking poem. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, which is what, to me, it's like, I, like, I don't want to be pushy and, and, like, somehow sour your, your arrival into poetry by trying to continually nudge you into it. <laughs> no, it's okay. But I, it's just, it's, I'm in, it's interesting to me that it's like, that you are, you write things that feel like they are, so, like, next door neighbors to poetry, and it would take maybe a line break, or maybe just, like, jettisoning, jettisoning a, like a section of an essay out of it and just letting it just sort of sit as its as its own thing for it to be a poem yeah and yet there's such like i don't know there's just there's it feels like there's just a lot of like resistance and that yeah. is like one of the reasons i mean not as like a sort of like a trying to like bamboozle you onto this podcast <laughs> but one of the reasons that like i wanted to have you on is because one we've talked about poetry a lot bef before but two it's like i yeah. wanted that to, to have a specific time to like try to maybe not drill down but just explore the like 
what some of that resistance to it it's, is. It's funny we both, because you didn't tell me that's why you wanted to have me on, but I remember, I mean, you probably remember it like yesterday, but <laughs> I, um, I texted you about thinking that that would be a good thing to talk about on the podcast. It's yeah. like my trepidation about it. Yeah, and it's like, and that's, um, it's, it's just because like, it feels like yeah. in my life, it breaks down to people that are either like, either they're either poets there are people that are like interested in poetry but have no real desire to write it or people that just don't give a shit about poetry but yeah you know it's fine i don't give a shit about a lot of things that my friends <laughs> not i don't mean this in a negative way but there are things that some of my friends are into that i literally just don't give a shit about yeah. like anthony you wrestling. support them but yeah, yeah it's like the fact that anthony loves wrestling i love that yeah i, love I don't give a shit really about love wrestling. That. yeah you know, it's like, it's just, it's like, it's cool. You love it. That's great. I just, that's not a thing that yeah. has really any impact in my life. And I know that there are people that I know that poetry occupies that space. And it's like, that's cool. It's like, I, like, I get it. Sometimes I look at poetry and I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, this is the thing that I've dedicated my life to? Well, sometimes it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, well, I don't, I know. I think you've said before that you don't think there's any poetry that's like bad or good. It's just. But I don't yes. know. I've read poetry that I think bad, <laughs> and I just I <laughs> and it like hits different when it's poetry. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's something. I respect your opinion, yeah. but you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's one of the, like I don't remember if, I, if I've ever brought this up on a podcast. I feel like I have, but if I if I did, it was years ago. But my my contention is that there's not good or bad poetry. It's just if it's effective or not. Yeah, um, I guess and, yeah. And because I feel like a lot of a lot of what would be considered bad poetry is is like feels like it's early poetry, or po like early in the sense that it's it hasn't really it hasn't found its footing. Yeah, that's that's actually not to interrupt you, but hmm. that made me think maybe another thing that I hadn't thought about was like I've been writing for a really long time as an adult. But I haven't written poetry, so it feels, I feel like intimidated by, or maybe reticent to be like a beginner. Yeah. You know? Which is weird because like you started playing drums. Yeah. But, but I, like that. Joan, Joan was a big influence. <laughs> we, I, I, should I just do a, I, this isn't really explanatory comma, but like I lived with someone when I first started learning drums who's very um, encouraging and just is good at getting you to just like try things. Yeah, um, I feel like her entire life is basically just like her trying things out. Of her. Yeah, she, it's awesome. I love that about her. And she'd be like, "Well, just play them." And I'm yeah. like, "Okay, I'll, I'll well, play them." Well, I mean, that's them. like I can I can understand like the exploration of drums as as a beginner because it like you didn't have any like musical background before well, that. I right? sang like I, I, okay. I just, I'm a singing background. Also, my my dad's a drummer. And, yeah. Um, it's something that I actually had wanted to do like most of my life, but so but I think. It, but as far as like, like, I don't think I could do it when I was. I definitely yeah. could not have done it when I was drinking. So. Yeah, but I mean, aside from like singing, you've you've had no like musical instrument. I played piano when I was a kid too. Okay. But that's yeah, but but no, yeah, I didn't like play guitar. Right, and it's but, it's yeah. not it's not a thing that is like as has been as big a part of your life as writing has. No, and okay. it's actually something that I think I almost applied to school to, to like to college to sing, oh, and wow. study music. And I just, hmm. there's, a, I, I definitely, it took, I didn't have a lot of clarity until I got sober, basically, mm. about anything. So, like, um, I definitely wish that I had, I think that I might have been a person who was, like, in bands when I was in high school, like, maybe shitty bands, but, like, you know. Yeah. And I kind of wish that I had started learning drums earlier, but yeah. it's still been fun. Yeah, yeah. but uh, my, my point with yeah. this was that, like, 
because it's not a thing that has been as big of a like a factor or a big of an imprint in your life, it was I imagine easier to be a beginner at that because there was no yeah. sort of like aside from singing, there was nothing really else to look at of like, oh, I can do this, but yeah. I can't do this, and it like that the um, I guess the the ability gap. That's true because I have known I have a lot of friends who are musicians and who like if they're going to try a new instrument, I do see that like intimidation there. Yeah. And it, I'm, I was wondering about just the sort of, it was, it was interesting to me that like recently you have, I mean, within a handful of years recently, like started playing drums and have gotten to the point that you like, you're really, you're good at it. Oh, thanks. Um, but it, it's like, but poetry has been one of those things that it's like you're, you're adjacent to it. And yet that like that, the same, I guess, like enthusiasm that, that you approach drumming with and the sort of the, the dedication and perseverance or whatever that, you, that you've given to that, like poetry has existed sort of like outside yeah. of that space. And I never really thought about it, about the, like, the fact that you, because you've been writing for such a long time and you've like very much established your voice and established like your way of writing nonfiction to then turn to a thing that is basically the neighbor of that and to yeah. be like, oh, I suck at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, and another thing is also, and I know I, I've brought up sobriety a lot, but it's just because, like, it's kind of hard not to. Cause yeah. It, yeah. Especially when I'm talking about, like, the way yeah. I'm, like, seeing things and creatively. But, yeah. um, but anyway, um, I feel like it took getting sober for me to even, like, figure out my voice in, mm. in nonfiction mm -hmm. um, and to, like, work with my brain because I feel like I used to be working against it in a way. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I definitely, so that took time. And yeah. like, I feel pretty solid in that, even though I haven't been writing as much during the pandemic. So maybe, uh, I don't know, that might be part of it too, is like, mm. I mean, not consciously, but as I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Well, it's, I, oh. go ahead. Because as we were like preparing for this, I had some thoughts, but it's like, I don't actually know why there's so much resistance. Like it's something <laughs> I'm, I like have questioned, but you know. Yeah. I mean, like that, that a lot of that makes, or that makes a lot of sense to me that like that, that sort of like, you know, to maybe mangle this analogy, but you know, it's like, you're pretty high up on the mountain of creative nonfiction and to like yeah. look down and see, it's like, oh, that's where, I, that's where I have to start for poetry, but I'm already like, I'm already up here. I don't yeah. want to go back down there. Yeah. I like that. I know I've told you this before, but you're really good at like on the spot metaphors. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's also interesting to me the fact that like you have because you have established it I feel like it would be in a way easier for you because you have already established like your voice and you kind of like you know how to express yourself and it really is just it, at least for me sort of as an outsider looking looking in on this in your in your uh, I guess writing life that like it really is just a, a slight difference in the manifestation of that expression. But yeah. it, the, the expression in and of itself fundamentally is the same. And like you said earlier, that like you, you've gotten to the point that like you trust your experience in, in reading poetry. Yeah. And that to me is like, that is a massive, massive, I think, foundation for good poetry is to come into come into the poem trusting your experience and trusting that like this is what I experienced this is what I felt I confidently know it's like I know those two things and it's just a matter yeah. of like how do I effectively it, not not just a matter I know that poet there's lots of different types of poetry that do different things but again the stuff that I'm really into it's basically like 
I, I had an experience, I felt a thing, I trust both my perception of the experience and what it is that I felt, and I'm like, how do I, the next step is like, how do I effectively convey that in a way that I can get other people to feel, like to yeah. invite other people into this experience to feel something similar to what I felt. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I think, I think that you have all the parts there, and I think, I think a part of it is probably like, being like just willing to suck yeah a little i know and it's um, it's hard but I, but then again it's like i don't i don't know because like because even uh, i'm gonna interrupt uh, yeah go for it but like for instance so with the drumming even so i live in a row home mm -hmm. and um and i've been practicing and playing for a while but there's still like a lot of things that i don't know how to do that just are just technical things that I just, I hope to get to, but I don't know now. But with my drum teacher, we've been working on like drum notation and exercises that will help, like, will help in the long run. But recently he told me like, you should start like playing along to songs, even if you're not going to get it right. It doesn't have to be right. It's just, it's just good to play along to songs. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing that and I was like, feeling kind of rough with it. And I was like, starting to get it as I went on. I was like, this definitely isn't the part, but it's closer than mm -hmm. I than I was in the beginning but as I was starting it did feel pretty rough to be like I've been playing drums and it's gonna sound like really shitty right yeah. now yeah <laughs> well I, mean, I think that the like I mean I've been experiencing this and there's a weird a weird connection but I've been experiencing something similar uh experiencing something similar with uh climbing recently that's like you know I before the pandemic I was into like threes sort of slowly getting to fours, sort of the middle pandemic, I was also sort of getting to fours. And then recently, like, I don't know if just the Hamden climbing gym has been setting some really fucking difficult threes, but yeah. like, they've been really kicking my ass. Um, yeah, like, but I know how to do this. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, you know, it's like, I can, I can confidently go from intros up to twos, like no problem. I can one shot them. I can knock them out of the park. It's fine. They're all, you know, like all the same, basically the same challenge rated for me now. It's like, I can do them. No problem. In threes, it's like there's some, and I don't know if it's, I don't know if that in general they're just more difficult. I don't know if it's that they are um, utilizing like grips and moves that are just I'm not super strong with, and I, you know, like my crimps suck, or like, you know, like the being able to grab like a pinch where you're just sort of palming it or whatever. And it's just that like those muscles, I haven't used those muscles a whole lot yeah. yet. And, um, and like, it just, you're gonna, like, I've just been, I've been sucking on them, you know, like, uh, on Wednesday, I, I didn't want to leave until I got a, a three and I found a three that I could do. And I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm now, my goal is that any, whenever I go, my goal is to try to do a three before I leave that yeah. session. And it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's rough. And there's that sort of dissonance, the cognitive dissonance where you're like, I've been doing this thing for a while now and I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty okay at it. And yet there's these things. It's like, I just, I don't, I don't know why this one thing. It's like, I just, it's just not clicking. I know. And when it's a body thing, it's kind of, yeah. And it's like, and, build up to it. yeah. And like drumming to me, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a weird, like musical instruments or playing a musical instrument is a weird sort of like intersection of internal creativity and, or like, I guess, intellectual creativity, whatever and physical like kinesthetic creativity or kinesthetic yeah. skill that like you can you can dream about all the complicated drum parts of it that you want but it, unless you have the skill to play them it's like you're kind of you're, yeah, that's, you're sunk 
that's what can be frustrating with drumming is because there's so many parts, you know, moving parts. Yep. And and I've always, you know, I I can hear, especially having played drums for a while, like when I hear a song, I can hear everything and I can like hear all the different things that they're doing. And sometimes like technically I just like can't do it. Yes. And I'm like, I know part of this is keeping the beat, which I can do, yep. but like I cannot technically do this. Yep. It's very frustrating. I've, I've experienced that a lot with aerial. Um, like aerial silk stuff that's like there'll be moves or things that we're learning that's like intellectually it's like i i understand how to i know exactly what you're supposed to do it's just i physically can't fucking do yeah. it and i'm like this is infuriating because yeah. i know what you're supposed to do i just i can't make my body do this thing and then there was like when you and me and morgan practiced <laughs> after a while of not practicing <laughs> i literally couldn't do the part like i physically couldn't play the parts of the song oh, we played man. so many times right yeah and that was also weird because i actually talked to a friend who's a drummer who's been playing drums for a long time she also taught herself like in her 30s but is in her mid 40s mm -hmm. but anyway um she said it's like a common thing where if or maybe not a common thing, but it's happened to her, at least, that um, if you learn something like maybe slightly more advanced than you were doing, and then you go back after a while, mm. it's like your body is just like, nope, I don't know how to do that. Right, yeah, because like like, yeah. it's like, it's muscle memory. It's like you you develop, like your body, you create those pathways, and your body knows, yeah. it's like, I do this, I, I can do this thing. Yeah. And then when you go back, it's like, <laughs> if you haven't done it in a while, you're trying to do something else, you're like... Yeah, it was, I, I've never experienced that, or like... Although you were there, I yeah. just really could not play the part. My body wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I like all of that to say that like it feels like you have, at least from an outside perspective, it feels like you have all of the tools that are basically necessary in order to write poetry. It's just that like you don't have, I guess, the like the um the the body memory yet. To, yeah, to a, do it yeah. well. That's a good way of putting it. Um, because I was I was also thinking of, like, you could just do like you could start out just doing prose poems. Yeah. You know, it's like and that as a way to just to get so like, because there are, there are like you know poetry has certain conventions. There are at least physical conventions. Like there are line breaks. There are stanzas. You know, it's like there there are ways that you. Visually, it's much more important how the poem exists on a page than I think any other type of, of writing. Yeah. Um, but, it, maybe not but, but it can, it can take a while to sort of figure out, especially when you're trying to develop your own style and your own voice, like how to utilize those things. Because yeah. um, I know that like, some people use line breaks as... Like, like for me personally, it's like I use line breaks basically as like the end of a thought or like a I think in certain in like chunks. Yeah. And those line breaks are it's like that's that's a unit of thought, despite the fact that it might connect to the next thing, or like you know like it may it's not necessarily jammed, but you know it's like it'll be a line and then the the finishing thought of that line will be, the next line. But those are like those are the units in which I think. And what I don't know if I'm interrupting you again mm. but um what makes you and jam a line because i'm always curious about that um so and obviously it's probably in the context of the poem but i mean like most of the i feel like most of the um i typically don't and jam across stanzas everything is usually can pretty much contained in a stanza but it will be like i don't know there's like there's a certain 
internal rhythm that I feel with my lines that I can I can kind of see what the unit should be and I'm also part of what I'm looking for is that like if there's an image or a grouping of words that feels really interesting to exist on its own like it creates you know like a, a particular image by itself I will usually take like if it's a if it's a long sentence or a long line or whatever I will t take that section yeah. That would be the interesting image and put it on its own line. And I definitely feel it in your poetry that it makes sense. I just always wonder about it. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it, it's like, it's not really a, it's not like a conscious or like a calcul. I mean, sometimes it's conscious. It's like, I, it's done with intention, but a lot of it is like, that. that's just sort of how it manifested in yeah. me. That's like, that's when I'm, when I'm writing it, like that, whatever the like, whatever the internal rhythm that the poem is following or that I feel for the poem, it's like, that's where it feels like it, like that's where the line at least yeah. that line wants to end and then i you know um the, sometimes there be uh, there have been times it's like i will just write like you know uh, i'll be there'll be poem like I'll, I'll freehand write something that is um that has really really long lines and then when i'm putting it into the computer i'll like start fucking with it and breaking it up and see um because it also depends like really having really long lines slows down the poem if you have really short lines it can it can really really speed things up yeah. so if you have a really short poem with really short lines you will get through it unbelievably quickly um yeah. so there you know it's like if that's if that's the effect that you want to have it's like let's say i don't know there was a poem about a stream that's moving quickly and it was a short poem that had real short lines, but the, the point of it was that it's just, it's just moving and it's gone. Like, that would be a really effective way to sort of convey yeah. that, like, conversely, if you had, like, if there's a really meandery creek that was, you know, like, not moving real fast, it's like, you just, you can have real fucking long lines, and it's like, yeah. it, it, it creates that sort of lingering meandery, it's sort of just lost in the, in the feeling, whatever. Um, yeah, like you're talking recreating that feeling. Yeah, it's like you, which is like it's a thing that you can do. You don't have to do it, but it's it's a it's another way that's like if you're if you, it's another tool in your toolbox to try to to get everything in the, about the poem sort of conveying into a, a particular experience. And it's the more we talk about my resistance poetry, the funnier it is because I was actually, when you were talking about like you know having a specific set of words that would sound well together, I was thinking, especially during the pandemic when I haven't really have it haven't had it in me emotionally to, maybe not emotionally, but just haven't really had it in me to like round out an essay or mm -hmm. whatever. I, I, I'm sometimes, I'm often jealous of poets because I'm like, I have this image in my head and I want to just write about this image or like, do I don't want to have to finish out like a whole thing. I, I can just, just have to do it. That's the wanna... great thing about poetry. It's like, yeah. it doesn't have to be a, con it's like, you just, there's an image. It's well, like, just I... funny. I'm like, I have this jealousy of poetry, <laughs> poets. I'm like, I can just do that. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, you, a, like, you could there be a sunbeam on a wall that you see in the morning. It's like that's the poem. That nothing else. It's just that dealing with that. That's it. Yeah. That's the image. That's the poem. It doesn't have to connect to anything else. It, I mean, it probably will in its own unique, like unique way in, internally in the poem. But yeah, I mean, it's it like especially because you said that like the 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 sound and the language of lines are th that that's really important to you. It's like that to me is be, because you have that level of awareness and that level of like this is how you want a line to sound like that's pretty much like that's what you're doing in poetry yeah like that's how you you cultivate and sculpt lines based i mean i know that people do it differently i imagine that mandy's process 
Yeah. Um, Mandy May is a poet that's also in a writing group um, that does that leans really heavily on like how words sound together and yeah. the, the really interesting um, relationships when things like words and sounds that you normally wouldn't find together wind up next to each other and just yeah. like what the texture of that. I really appreciate that everyone in our writing group has such a different, such a different style. Right. Yeah. And it's like, cause when I like personally, when I write, like I'm not really thinking about how things sound like consciously, I'm not intending how things sound together. It's usually after the fact that I will go back and like, Oh, or somebody in writing group will bring up, it's like, Oh, I really love the, like the, the S sounds that are happening here. It creates yeah. like a certain effect. I'm like, Oh shit. That's it's great that I just sort of did that. It like on like on instinct or unconsciously yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, which is another thing that like I think. So, like in, in an interesting way, um, something that I guess trying to like tying back to something that your the your drumming teacher told you to. It's like playing along with the the radio. It's like you're you're yeah. basically trying to like not copy someone's style, but you're basically like you're following along, trying to emulate yeah. what they're doing. And he actually said, uh, you know, you might start to get to a point where like you're like I would do this differently. Right. I would have done. I don't think that sounds great as yeah. a like to me. And I I think also sort of tying back to like the fact that I don't necessarily think that there's there's bad poetry. I think that one of the common pitfalls of what would maybe be considered bad poetry is the sort of like unrefined um, copying of someone else's style. Yeah. Um, which is like to makes total sense and something that I'm I'm sure that I did and probably still do. Um, that like when you are. So I think one of the best ways to start writing poetry is just read it, a lot of it. It's yeah. like you sort of, you will be able to start internalizing these things. And so you may not know certain rules and understand why things are happening when they happen or why they happen, but you can start internalizing a lot of just, it's like, oh, this, this poet writes this way, or this poet uses line breaks like this, or this poet yeah. it's like uses this particular form and you can start sort of yeah. like, you, you, you start, um, I guess like, um, mosaicing all that stuff into yourself to try to figure out like, well, this is what I would do. This is kind of works for me. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah. I think a lot of early poets, um, will start writing in the voice of another poet because that's the closest that they can get because there's something in that poet or that poem or whatever that resonates for them. And their way of trying to capture that resonance is to do what that poet did. Yeah. Um, instead of, like, figuring out, like, what that poet is doing and then, or, like, what that poet is trying to approach and then figuring out how you can approach that same thing but in your own way. Yeah, and um, that takes time and also sometimes just... Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, because I've definitely read a lot of, for finding like the the I guess the voice you would say that I like use now, I I read a lot of like lyrical essays yeah. and stuff like a lot. I still do because that's like the stuff that speaks to me the most. I think. Yeah. But um. But I was thinking. I just had this thought like, I don't think I've ever told you about this, but like when I'm reading prose. I have this, not all the time, not every you know everything I read or like every page, but. Mm -hmm. I'll sometimes read it like as though the sentences that like the way that it falls on the page is like a line on a poem. Oh, interesting. Like I'll read it as the whole, as a whole, but also like as lines. Uh -huh. Um, and I don't really, I, like, I don't 
conscious I didn't consciously decide to do that. It's just like something that I do. Hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. That's, I, I might have to try that. Because I, I mean, I tend to not read a ton of fiction. I mean, I, I read like a lot of like, I, the prose that I read is usually like, I don't know, like shit, like uh, why poetry or, you know, like yeah. somebody talking about haiku. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read a lot of nonfiction and then like memoir essays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to, to the, I guess the point of like doing, trying to find your own path to the thing that someone else is doing. There was a, a line in a letter that Basho wrote to one of his, um, I guess like disciples. Um, cause the, I think that, I don't know. I want to say that the disciple wrote to Basho and was like, you know, master, you know, how, how can I write like the, the mask, like the, the great masters or whatever. Yeah. And Basho wrote back and basically said something along the lines of like, seek what they sought. So you're not like, you're not following in their footsteps. It's like, let's say there's a destination that you see a poet approaching or that you see them on the journey to. Um, like the, the goal for you in writing poetry is to not follow their path, but to see what that des- where their destination is. And if that's something that has some resonance to you, like you set that destination as your as your like endpoint, but you make you you figure out your own way to get there. Yeah. Um, and I th- I think that another another pitfall that I think a lot of early poets you like fall into is the use of like cliche language. Yeah. Or like images that are, are um, you know like kind of quotidian not quotidian because i've read like raymond carver uses a lot of quotidian images but it's like things that are like images or lines that are presented in a way that feels overly familiar and is not like and also like we say in group like kind of poety or you know yes well that's like that's one side like that's i feel like that's the self-conscious like trying too hard to make it to make it sound like a thing yeah I, i was more talking along the lines of like poetry to me is basically it's like you are in being invited into someone's way of seeing or way of experiencing a thing and the poems and the poets that hit me the hardest are poets that have a very distinct way of experiencing the world and they capture that like perfectly in their poetry like again i mean mary oliver i feel like is the or um what's his face uh charles wright is another good one that's like they see the world in the way that they see the world and there's no arguing it's like that's how they experience it yeah and their poetry is is written in such a way that it it fully invites you and asks you to like step into that way of seeing so you could feel basically it's like you're being invited into the, a dreamer's dream to dream it with them yeah um i love that and i think using cliched images and, and that sort of that language um, stuff that feels over, overly familiar or not like super original, which I feel like is a, is like has some connotation of like, not the best, you know, it's like, it doesn't have to be whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, it betrays the fact that the poet has not figured out how to either they have, they don't have the confidence in presenting what they see in the way that they see it, or they haven't figured out how how to write like they don't have the language 
yet or the vocabulary to be like, this is how I see this thing or this is how I experience this thing. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not bad. I mean, reading it, someone could say that it's like, this is a shitty poem, whatever. But to me, it's like, it's only bad insofar as that it's not like, it's not effective yet. Or it's like, it's not, it's not as realized as it could be yeah. yet. You know, it's like, it's just, it's new, it's fresh. It's just, it's, it's it maybe inexperience is, is a better way to say it. It's like, it's just, yeah. it hasn't, they haven't had enough time yet to really sort of develop, um, you know, it's like that this is to, to, to have the confidence in their development of like, this is how I see a thing. And this is, yeah. I now have the language to say, it's like, oh, this is how I can talk about seeing yeah. this thing. Because they're talking about it, but also like, you know, one would think knowing how you, how you see things would be simple, but it's really not. It no. takes a long time. It took me a really fucking long time. Yeah. So, yeah, like. And I, I think that like, because you write nonfiction and because the, like the emotionality of stuff is, is like, it, your, the, your end goal for writing is not the story. It's the, like the experience yeah. of it. That to me is like, I think that you have, like, you have done a fair amount of work into getting getting yourself into the point that like you can you trust your experience and you know how to write about that yeah. like said experience. Yeah, that's um, true. It's just that like poetry is probably it's like more based on the images. Yeah. Of that thing instead of using like narrative or like the the like I don't know like more because I feel like in some of your essays like you can get into some like abstract sort of stuff which is like it's great and it's it's effective in conveying that point but in the poetry side of things it's like unless you've you've given a reader sort of like a foundation to them for them to exist in it's difficult to immediately start jumping out into these like abstract sort yeah. of more conceptual places yeah although I mean I don't know I feel like Mandy does a really good job of, of blending that because all of her she images, really it's like, it, they're so concrete and so visceral, but a lot of the time it's like, I don't know quite exactly what she's talking about, but it doesn't, it's like, but it doesn't matter because it's yeah. like, I can, I can feel and see and taste and hear everything in her poems. And, and yeah, and especially I, I told her, I'm not sure if I brought them in the group or just to her specifically, but, um, she has a way of writing about physical pain that's so fucking good. Yeah. And it's like, and, and especially because like when you're not, it's so hard to express physical pain. Like yes. it's so hard to have another person feel what you're feeling physically. I mean, emotionally too, but I feel like physically to me feels harder to yeah. convey to someone else. I totally agree. Because it's even hard to like remember after you've gone through it, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, she's really good at that. And it's like, and that to me, it's like the similar to, to Oliver sort of like inviting you in to, to like to walk the walk that she went on um, like Mandy's poems it's like invite you or sort of like force you into feeling the things that she yeah, felt yeah there's sometimes like, where I'm just like uh, uh. yeah and it's like it's like holy fucking shit and that's also I think the hallmark of like not maybe true poetry good poetry how whatever it is you want to put like poetry that's that's doing its job will oftentimes, I think, provide you with the vocabulary for things that you have always known and always felt but have never had a way to describe it. Yeah. Um, or at least it's like it opens up a new, a new liminal space of like, oh shit, I never thought about that. Like, Mandy, will, like with her, with her nuances of pain, it's like, fuck, I never thought about 
that that's a way to describe that, that feeling it's like yeah all right fuck, cool that's like that's blown open a, a new level of awareness for me that yeah. i didn't it's like it's a whole wing of a house that i never knew was like needed the like the, the foundation to be exploded yeah. out to like oh hey there's the east yeah. wing it's and the I, pain wing and i know i talked about like having um i guess worried or whatever about being wrong like quote unquote wrong about mm -hmm. poetry but i also I will say, like, I'm getting more comfortable through, I think, the writing group. Um, like, even if I don't feel like I necessarily, quote-unquote, get it, which doesn't happen often, actually, with your, all, all your poems, but, like, there are moments where I feel like maybe I'm not getting it. And maybe even in the beginning of when we were doing the group, I would be like, I'm the only non-poet, so, like, I probably just don't get this, you know? But yeah. I, I definitely have, like, don't really have that feeling as much anymore. Yeah. It's just more like... <clears throat> I don't necessarily need to like quote unquote get it. It's yeah. just like I, I do feel things, so. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that that's, I think that's one of the issues that a lot of people reading poetry experience is that they're like, I don't know if it's because it was the way that it was presented in school or just the sort of mystique that poetry has. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, I think school is part of it. That it's like poems are saying one thing, but they really mean something else. And that's something in, in Zabruda's book, um, where he's like, you know, take poems at face value. If they say a thing, I mean, despite the fact that it's like figurative language, it's like if it says a thing, it probably means the thing that it says. Yeah. You know, it's like, and it's not, there's not, hit, you know, like fucking, um, that's one of the issues that I have with, with heavily elusive work. Or like, um, like T.S. Eliot, in some of his poems, it's like, it really does feel like if you don't know the references that you're missing something in the poem yeah and i really like i you can ex you can hang out with his poems and deal with them in a way that is that you don't that if you don't have access to those references you can still experience experience them but it does feel like they were written in a way that's like that's like that's only half of it yeah and i i yeah well i was just it's like i was going to say that's like that that type of poetry or any type of work like that really fucking infuriates me because it feels like it's a puzzle box and it's like there is yeah. this hidden meaning it's like i don't fuck it. it's like i want to interpret this the way that i interpret it or it's just, i want to just feel the poem and if yeah. there's this like hidden thing that like there let's say there's a line about a dove and unless you know that the dove was the like the i don't know the, yeah like, that's annoying the like the on the crest of some family that had that this happened to them and that that the influences the next or there's another like nod of that and then a couple of lines later that changes the reading of the poem it's like i don't fucking care yeah if it's a dove it's a dove yeah it's a fucking dove yeah and which is one of the reasons why like again mary oliver and charles wright and jane hirschfield uh to an extent too you know it's like when mary oliver is out like out on her walks and she writes about like a rose hanging out on a like a beach dune she, she's talking about a rose hanging out on a fucking beach there's nothing deeper than that it's just yeah. like the image is the thing which is i guess objectivism um or the imagist in in poetry it's like i kind of i can kind of understand it's like the image is the thing yeah you know, it's like it does it there's no hidden meaning it, there's no it's like the 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 rose doesn't represent something to Mary, to oliver i mean it might emotionally but it's like it's a fucking flower yeah she's writing a poem about a goddamn flower but if you're and if you're writing about feelings like especially if there were like deep you know deep feelings 
it can feel like really big, but yeah. at the same time, like the simplest way to write it is usually the way that's most effective. Yeah. yeah. And, and the way that like, and this is, this is something that I, I feel like has come up on other, uh, other episodes before, but I don't know if it's something I've ever talked to, to you about. Um, the idea of like poetry that is universal versus poetry that's general. Yeah. And I feel like Oliver and I feel like, like Wright and Hirschfield and, and like Carson and, you know, like myriad writers, myriad other writers, um, have the ability to write about a thing like so specifically and like so personally that it drills down into the, like, like you're saying, it's like the deeper emotions, like the things, like the emotional pits that are basically like, I don't know, like oil reserves that that yeah. exist across humanity and that's the same thing they teach a lot in like creative nonfiction too it's like the more specific you get yeah yeah because it's like the more specific you get the more nuanced and the more subtle and the more sort of like more tactile that you can get about a thing that you feel and like because in in describing that thing or that getting to that particular emotion someone else will have undoubtedly have had that emotion They've just gotten to it differently, but it's like it's you know it's like part of the shared um, like oil or water reserves that exists subterraneanely across everybody. Yeah. That's like you're all having like you know feeders into these things, and it's like oh shit, I like with with you know like Mandy stuff or Tracy stuff. It's like I felt this way. I've gotten to that feeling roundaboutly a different way, but it's like at the core, at the very bottom, it's like this is what yeah. this bedrock is. It's like yeah. I I've been there. It could be such a different, yeah, such a different way of getting to it, but yes, yeah. but it's like you know the feeling, and that that to me it's like the specificity that that engenders universe universality is something that I'm I'm amazed at, and it's I always love when I encounter. And on the other side, I feel like there is poetry that is just general. Is that what you feel like? I know a lot of our poet friends maybe feel that way about Rupi Carr. Yeah, I mean, I, there is a there's a movement of of poetry. I don't know if it's still as active as it was a handful of years ago. That was on like Instagram. Yeah. That it's like poems that are usually pretty short, usually written in like it uses very plain language, They're usually uh, accompanied by an image like a graphic or a yeah. picture or an illustration, whatever. Um, they feel just they feel flat to me, and I I've been trying to figure out why I'm I'm not a fan of, of that particular type of poetry. And I want to say this up front that if there are any listeners out there that write this type of poetry or are a fan of it or, you know, that like they are enthusiastic about it, like that's great. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to, to shame people. No, no, no. It's like it's I mean this is again one of those another one of those things that's like I just I don't I don't particularly care. I mean I'm interested because I don't like there's a there's a sort of aversion that I feel to it and I'm trying to figure that out. I mean, it really just ultimately just doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. And I'm, sure. I'm interested as, as to why that is, but... Yeah, and especially as someone, like, for me, who has been talking this whole time about being intimidated by poetry, I don't want to make anyone feel like... No, yeah, it's like I don't... Yeah. cool or something. Yeah, it's like I don't, I, don't want, I don't want anyone listening to feel diminished by the conversation that Tyler and I are about to have, or I guess continuing to have. Like, if this, is, if this is your thing, that's great. If this is a thing that has gotten you into poetry, it's like it is something that has impacted your life in a positive way, like, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm grateful and I'm, I'm glad that you could, you've, you've found something that resonates in it with you. Um, 
it has never really resonated with me and I've been trying to figure out why and I think related to the sort of like getting so specific you get down into the like the bedrock emotions like the the big capital E emotions um I feel like with Instagram poetry it feels so general and it feels flat and it doesn't have a ton of depth to it um because it is usually I have found like lacking in specifics it'll be about like a breakup like let's say there's a poem about a breakup and it's just talking about the breakup and like talking it's like i your your face was you know whatever and it made me feel this thing and it's like yeah okay that's great but you've done nothing to make me feel bad what specifically happened in this breakup right yeah it's like and that's that's the thing that's like that if if, if there are people that that like it pings emotionality for, or if maybe that's not even the, like if the point of, of Instagram style poetry is not necessarily to convey an emotional experience, like, okay, that's fine. It's just the poetry that like I'm really into, like I've said numerous times in this podcast, it's like the poetry that I'm really into is, is poetry that, that, that effectively conveys an emotional experience. And it asks you to step into that experience. Like I said, like I mentioned, you know, it's like the Instagram poetry to me feels like it is someone talking about their dream, like describing a dream. And the poetry that I'm, that I gravitate towards is poetry that feels like it is the poet inviting you in to, to yeah. dream the dream with them. That's cool, yeah. Which is a totally different experience that like, that a lot of, you know, it's like, it can be, you know, it's like if someone's telling me about a dream, it's like, okay, that's interesting that's weird but it doesn't doesn't really impact me in any any major way it doesn't make me feel anything it doesn't it doesn't pull me in any direction it doesn't ping any emotions just like oh that's that's weird yeah. usually just because dreams are fucking weird yeah. but if i was dropped into that dream and dreamed it with them or dreamed it in place of them it's like if that was my own dream that i suddenly woke up from it's like that would leave me feeling shit yeah like i know because i've woken up from many dreams that have made me feel things and I've talked to people about them. It's like, I can see that there's like what I've experienced in this dream is not being conveyed to this person. Yeah. And they're like, that sounds like a weird dream. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it made me feel some stuff. And it's like, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. There's so many times I'm about to talk about my dream and I'm like, this isn't, this isn't right. worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it doesn't, it's not going to like the the telling of the dream is not going to do anything to for the the person that is the recipient of that tale aside from them being like it's a weird dream and i i, I try to refrain from talking to my parents about my dreams because they're psychoanalysts <laughs> they're the cool they're very cool and they're great but yeah i'm like there's been times where i like really want to tell them a dream and i start to and i'm like i i don't yeah yeah i don't want i don't want an interpretation and that to me is like that's that's the main difference between the poetry that i i tend to gravitate towards and like the poetry that i i endeavor to write myself versus what i see instagram poetry doing that it's like yeah. it exists in a in a way that like it's very general and it's very non-specific and in that way i think a lot of people can find themselves or aspects of themselves in it because it's so it's like it's so general it's like you could put anything in there but it doesn't at least in my experience it's like it doesn't make me actively feel anything it's just a sort of like it's yeah. a it's a conveyance of like i did this 
I mean, even, I know that, like, Frank O'Hara is notorious for writing, like, list poems. It's like, I did this, and then I did this, and I did this. But there's always something in there that's, like, it hits you. It's like it worms its way in, and it yeah. beats you on the heart, and you're like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Like, I felt that. And I have not yet experienced that with Instagram poetry. And a lot of it is, like, I will see things that almost, that they feel like, like ideas for poems and not necessarily poems or like oh, yeah. a, like a section of a poem. It's like yeah. this would be a great stanza or like a great intro. Give me the fucking re give me the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Um which is a weird thing to say because like I I have a semi-active haiku writing practice and it's like they're three lines. So, you know, it's like they are at you know, they function as can function as like sections of poems because they're just three fucking lines. But yeah. Like, you know, we've talked extensively about haiku, and I've talked extensively about haiku on, on the podcast, but the, the idea of, like, in those three lines, you're given the, like, the, the, like, reduction of this experience. It's, like, the smallest unit of that you can, like, the, the smallest image you can boil this experience down to yeah. to then give to someone, and they could still feel that. Yeah. Um, and... It's just with I think that's it basically it's just with Instagram poetry like it just doesn't make me feel anything, and I'm like, if I'm going to be spending my time reading poetry, I want to come, I want to to end the my reading of it, having felt something or having experienced yeah. something. And it's like if I don't, then it's like I feel like I'm just I'm wasting my time. Yeah, I, I've been and that's totally sorry to interrupt, but that is totally my a personal predilection. Yeah. If that is not how you engage with poetry, or if you find emotionality and you 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 have that experience reading Instagram poetry, all more more power to you. That's fantastic. I'm I'm sorry that I'm I'm. It's not a space <laughs> that I can occupy with you. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, for work I've been doing this project interviewing people about their recovery. Mm -hmm. It's gonna seem like a giant tangent, but yeah. it does go back to poetry. I'm but, I'm um, <laughs> waiting for you to come back around. Yeah. Um, as you know, I eventually do. Yes. Sometimes. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, but yeah, so I've been doing this project, um, just interviewing people about sobriety. Part of the reason is, um, because I think going into sobriety, there's a lot more, like, information online now, and it's, I mean, I mean it was only six years ago that I got sober. It wasn't like we were, like, pre-internet, but, right. like, things were very different. Yes. Um, and I felt like, I had tried AA, it didn't work, and um, there, I didn't really have like a path, I just like forged my own, and then now I'm seeing more people do like all different things, which is awesome, and I feel like I wanted to just be like, I'm asking the same questions to everyone, but the conversation like goes differently, and that's part of the point, is like, mm -hmm. everyone just has totally different things they do, but one of the people I interviewed, first of all said the Baltimore music scene is part of his recovery, which was, I love. Oh, awesome. And then he also said, um, he's like sitting outside, just like reading Mary Oliver, like putting the book down and taking a moment to like think and then like, you know, having, looking at the, the fireflies or whatever, like that was just, I, I just love that because that, you know, people will say all different sorts of things, but I hadn't heard that yet. And I, I love that as part of his like, yeah. him seeing that as part of his recovery. Yeah. And like, it, yeah. And yeah, that's just like, like thoughtful, like the moment of thoughtfulness and calm. Yeah. And I like, I think... Maybe that's the other thing that I guess that comes from or is, is a either leads to or 
manifest out of the sort of specificity that leads to the, the universality of stuff is like insight or like a, 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 a the um, manifestation of a different perspective that you've never had before yeah. that you like you're confronted with and you're like oh I mean similar to maybe not at, in the the same um, exponential degree as the archaic torso of Apollo made Roka be like you gotta you gotta change your life dude you gotta yeah. fucking change your life but to that level of you know it's like you read a poem you put it down and you just have this moment of like and like with creative nonfiction too, I like reading people who yeah like of course it's great to read people who like queer people who are trans or like non-binary people who I'm like oh yeah I really relate to this mm -hmm. like on a very specific level. Yeah. But also I like reading pe from people who have very different experiences right. from me, and I don't want to read like the same thing that I've experienced all right. the time. You know? Yeah, it's like because it, it it leads you to greater awareness and greater like understanding, and it like it's it is a like. Poetry to me is a, is a means of almost radical empathy. Yeah. Um, because like you are being invited into, like there is an invitation to step into someone else's experience and to experience it like they did. And if that's not like empathy, I don't know what the fuck. You I know, love that like, because empathy is like my favorite thing that humans can experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most hopeful thing that humans can experience. Yeah, because like you were you were you were given an opportunity to to see the world in a way that is potentially radically different than the way that you see it and the way that you experience it and the way that you move through it. And like that is a that is a blessing to be able to to have that, to like, to be, to be so freely invited into someone else's life and to, to have like, like into what is usually a really small, usually inconsequential moment that somehow leads to a pretty, like a meaningful, meaningful enough of an impact on their life that they felt the, the need to write a poem about it. You know, yeah. it's like, and that's one of the things that I love. I mean, I, one of the reasons I love haiku and sort of poetry in general is that it usually is or these like they're, it's moments. It's not a big story. It's not a life. It's not a series of like you know on vacation I did this and this and this. It's yeah. like I was on vacation and the last day there I was looking out across the bay and saw a whale. Yeah. That's that's the moment. Yeah. You're like. What is that? It's like, what did that make you feel? What did that do to your yeah. life that you saw this thing? It's like there's, you know, these intersections that you start yeah. making into this poem, and it, you know, it's like that's, that's the thing. It's like this real, this small moment that left enough of an impact on your life. Do you like? Ah, oh, I gotta fucking write about that. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Because I feel like you've told me that music does like is 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 about emotions for you, like yes. creating music and listening to music. Yep. Is like an not just an emotional experience, but like what it, what it conveys to you as emotion. I, yeah, so. I, I, I interact with and interpret music on an almost solely emotional basis. So is that similar to poetry? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing that's like, I had, a, I had this idea and I'm putting this out there. Not, I mean, if someone else wants to do it, go for it. But I, it's still maybe in my back pocket if I ever go to get, get a PhD or just somehow wind up back in school. But I wanted to do a, like a thesis or like a project on um, the sort of like the reduction of the I in poetry, which would go from like longer poems into haiku into music, but also the experience of like, that like longer poems is a way to convey, is like a translation of an emotional experience. Mm -hmm. Haiku is, is like, is, is 
reductive reduction of language was like like the you have reduced language to its smallest point that you can convey an emotional experience yeah. and then music is when you like it's and it's the total absence of language in a direct transposition of emotion yeah and i because I, that's the way that i feel it's like music to me is is transposition of emotion i can feel a thing and, and make music about it there's no translation there's nothing that there's no barriers in between it it's just like i feel a thing i can make music about that feeling and i i can capture it yeah poetry there is some level of translation because it's going from a thing that is indescribable to something that you have to use language to describe. Yeah. And you get as close as you can get, but it's like there's always some things that are lost. Which is interesting, but I mean, because I mean, music has lyrics or can, but if, yeah. if you're talking about music that doesn't have lyrics, I mean, most of most of the shit that I've listened to yeah, is cause... either instrumental or uh, yeah. Japanese, like Japanese uh, in the Japanese language, which I don't read or comprehend so yeah. it becomes basically just like another instrument yeah that's why i'm saying that because i know that you listen to a lot of instrumental stuff and it's interesting because you like language is the only concrete way we have to describe how we're feeling but it's interesting that it would be more direct just yeah it's just music because well, that's something that I've, i really like i see i had an idea and i think that i could maybe only pull it off at uc santa cruz um they might be the only ones weird enough to let me do this. Like most of the PhD programs that I saw require a foreign language component. Yeah. And I feel like UC Santa Cruz might be the only school that I could conceivably convince that music is a language. Yeah. Um, because like, it's amazing to me that you can get like in, somebody that speaks English, somebody that speaks Chinese, somebody that speaks like French, somebody that speaks. Um, like Nigerian like people from all over the fucking world yeah you put them together you give them instruments and they can just play and they can communicate with each other and they can create like they can create something out of that and it's like they don't have you don't have to speak the same language you don't have to know anything about this other person but you set them down with an instrument and it's two people like could be totally different lives you get them both in the same room and you give them an instrument they can probably come up they can communicate with each other somehow yeah and like that's that like Music, I think, is as close as we might, well, for a while at least, as we will be able to get to a universal language. But it's interesting that it is, it is, it, music as itself is like, there's no word. It's a, it's a, um, like, linguistically absent language, yeah. which is something that's like, it's, it's interesting to me. But anyway, all of that to say, um, that there, the, getting going way back to to instagram poetry it's like when i read instagram poetry i feel like i'm not left with like a a greater awareness of a thing it's like someone talking about a breakup which you know it's like there are tons of breakup poems but the breakup is like it it's talking about the breakup and not the specifics of like this is what i felt during this breakup like this is what happened it's like my heart was broken because someone broke up with me yeah it's like okay that sucks yeah. you know it's like i mean i'm that's a shitty thing to have happened but if someone writes you know it's like the the experience of the breakup let's say and puts it in terms of like if you know like it, it was a uh my heart was a black hole and or that this person was a black hole and my heart was the universe they got or like the the detritus they got sucked into it and yeah. now there's nothing it's like 
I can fucking feel that. Yeah. Or you know, it's like, but. Jeez, that'd be that's an intense feeling. Yeah, but you know, it's yeah. like the and the 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 sort of like the specifics or the 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 quality and the textures is like I want it. I want I want the color. It's like I guess Instagram poetry to me, and maybe this is why I never really thought about this before. But maybe this is why a lot of it leans so heavily on um, images, that the images are doing like doing something to help convey the like the emotionality of this of this poem that's like you get them paired together and you create a sort of like mini montage that the the image is the thing that has the emotional power yeah. and the poem is the sort of description of the emotion and it's like you put them together and you basically like you're in that you're sort of in that space adjacent um i'm actually it's interesting it make me think that like even just in everyday conversation or like talking to my friends i feel like and sure like i'm friends with like-minded people but I feel like whenever I bring up, like, the weirdest shit that I'm like, surely no one will be able to understand or relate to this. But, like, I feel like that's often when people are like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's because it's, like, it's the, like we were saying before, it's, like, the, the specificity of it gets you into, like, the nuanced and the subtle and, like, the actual, um, I guess, like, environment of that particular emotion. Yeah. And it's, like, the people may not be able to relate how to how you got to the emotion, but they can damn sure relate to that emotion if they felt yeah. it before. They're like, "Oh shit, yeah, I." It's like I know exactly what that feels like. Like yeah. this is like this is how it happened for me. I, you know, I this is I experienced this thing and it got me here. Um, because I think that like at at the core at at our cores, humans are like emotional beings. We're a bunch of other things, but we're definitely emotional beings. And like, yeah. there's not because I've seen there's this chart. It was I, I think I saved it on Reddit. It was basically, and it's like, or I think I've, I've seen it on Instagram too. You know, it's like, it's, you know, like, how are you feeling? Oh, the and, feelings wheel? Yeah, and it's like, you know, you have yeah. angry, sad, um, like, happy. But then there's all the, like, options. Yeah, and then, yeah. then you get the, like, you know, in, in happy or, like, you get, like, peaceful or content or, you know, whatever. And it's like, there's, there's actually, let me see if I can, if I have it yeah. actually saved on Instagram. And we're not really taught how to, like you know, how to distinguish those more subtle or more um, nuanced emotions, I feel like. Yeah. Or often we're not, at least. No, I, I totally agree. And that's something that's like, reading poetry for me um, has gotten me to more of a sort of, I mean, I don't know if, if I've already, if I've always been sort of like calibrated to understanding, like being able to see the nuances in my emotion and that's why I gravitated to poetry. Yeah. Or if like my gravitation to poetry and my reading of it has has i mean it's probably it's a combination it's like it it led me to the sort of heightened ability to to see and sort of distinguish these things that i'm feeling um yeah, yeah i've definitely looked at the feelings wheel um yeah it's, yeah so it wasn't on and I've, I've seen different versions of it but just, yeah. yeah but yeah it's like and it's that's like because at the core, it's like there's those six, seven, whatever, like core emotional things. And then they branch yeah. off into all these like weird little like nuanced things that like yeah. they're all distinct. It's like they're in the same, some of them are in the same neighborhood, but they're distinct locations in that space. And it's like if you're doing, if you're writing a poem that's like contemplative, that's potentially something different than a poem that's like peaceful. Yeah. Or a poem that's content, even despite the fact that they all exist within the same space, you know. Yeah, I think I, I wrote about this in Laurel, but um, Stella, like my older niece, um, from when she was like a 
baby, well, not baby, but it's like first could talk. And I've talked, and I, and I remember talking to you about this, like as it was happening too. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like she had such a nuanced awareness of emotions beyond like I'm mad. She would say like I'm frustrated or yeah. like I can't think of good examples now. But I, I like I feel like I learned so much through her. And now I'm <laughs> these, like seriously, like I'm. It is funny, but like I'm serious. Like if I had known how to distinguish these nuanced emotions earlier, I feel like. I don't know, things would have maybe been different, but like, I just, I feel like we're not taught, we're taught like the main six ones, you know? Yeah, so I, I will put a, the Google image search for this in the description because like Tyler said, there's a ton of different versions of this, but the one that I'm looking at right now has six at the center. It's sad, mad, scared, joyful, powerful, and peaceful. Yeah. Um, and then... It branches off from sad, it could be tired, bored, lonely, depressed, ashamed, guilty. Peaceful can be content, thoughtful, intimate, loving, trusting, nurturing. Um, I didn't... Um, oh, so there's another one was fear, anger, sadness, happiness, surprise, disgust, love. Um, so, I mean, there's... You could probably... Wait, what was disgust under? Uh, no, that was a, another one that had oh. that as like a main... Oh. A main spoke. A main, so I was like, going to say disgust and love, that's... I was surprised that those weren't the same. Oh, yeah. So the other one that I found, so it looks like sad, mad, scared, joyful, powerful, and peaceful are maybe the, the consistent ones. It's like a Gottman Institute, maybe? Yeah, I've seen that. I think I've seen that one. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's, I think that to me is, is one of the, I feel like there is, at least in the United States, um, there's maybe a lot of, in the general public, a sort of scorn for poetry of like, what's the point of it? Yeah. And if nothing else, reading poetry will allow you or will sort of, um, yeah, will give you the keys to begin unlocking the nuances of shit that you feel. Yeah. And if like, I, I mean, I feel like therapy is also... Well, to me, this is in the same vein. I've heard, I can't remember where I read this or heard this like on a podcast or something, but... There's like, I mean, it's probably like multiple initiatives that are doing this, but like the, there's certain schools that are like teaching meditation to like elementary school mm -hmm. kids. Yeah, it probably like is a thing yeah. most people know about, but I just think that's something like that is also in that same vein for me. Like teaching kids meditation early, that seems... Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's, it's things that are like anything that gives you a greater awareness of yourself that ultimately would lead to, I mean, ideally leads to a greater awareness of like your relationships to other people and sort of your, your place in the world and your place in your life. Like that's great. And poetry from definitely for me has been one of those, I mean, haiku specifically has been one of those things that has really led yeah. to a lot of just like, like greater awareness and greater, I don't know, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I feel like if I'm, if, I haven't read like a haiku collection in a long time uh, or like an anthology, but I, I definitely have had experiences when I've gotten finished reading a handful of haiku yeah. or, you know, like spent a couple hours reading haiku and like, it feels like my vision changes. It's like, I start noticing things more. I start that's, like, that's cool. um, like seeing, cause one of the, I think, I think it was Shiki. Um, fuck, there's a term for this in Japanese and I don't remember what the term is but it's basically like haiku written from your life or from everyday life stuff um, which I think Shiki was a big proponent of 
Um, and the idea, as I think as far as I understand it, is that like you are, you are not bestowing beauty onto the small moments in your, of your life. It's more so that you are seeing these small moment, moments and honoring them, that there is some inherent something, like there's, that each of these small moments, despite how insignificant they seem, is like there's, there's worth and meaning there. Yeah. You just have to see it. You have to find it. Um, and after I read a bunch of haiku, I can definitely, it's like, it feels like my, it, like I put on, um, I don't mean to, to co-op this experience from people that are, um, colorblind, but like watching videos of people that are colorblind that put on the glasses that allow them to like see color yeah. in a sort of minor way. After I get finished reading a bunch of haiku, I sort of, ha I feel like I have that experience. It's like I put on someone else, like I, glasses that make me see the world in a total fucking different see, way i think for me well i mean there's more to it than this but just my initial thought right now is is like um getting sober and therapy has helped like mm. tremendously with the self-awareness mm. and then reading as much as i have since because i definitely reconnected to reading and in a way that i don't know if i've talked about this before this is a little bit of a tangent but like when i was a kid i like was very curious about things I love reading and I know a lot of kids are but I, that was like what I did mm -hmm. and then I got to like a certain age and like just everything got overtaken by like self-consciousness and like just all these other things mm -hmm. and, and then like drinking and whatever the fuck but um when I got sober I reconnected I feel much closer to who like as an adult version of like who mm. I was as a like elementary school and I'm earlier kid than I do like yeah my teens and 20s I don't feel that connected to that person wow. And I, it's, like, obviously, like, an adult version, like I said. But right. I feel like it's, like, who I would have maybe become from that elementary school kid without that other time. Oh, shit. Wow. Um, but also with sobriety, which is a whole other experience. But, yeah. but, like, anyway, I think the reading and stuff has, what it's done for me, I mean, there's been a lot of things, but, like, made me more, basically, like, less self-centered. Like, made me mm. understand more about what's going on in the world outside yeah. of myself and, like, understand what other people's experiences are because I think I always like was it's not that I didn't care what other people were experiencing because I definitely did but I, like I don't know I think it just gave me a greater yeah a greater perspective and an understanding and curiosity about like yeah things outside of I mean my own I experience. think that like if any if anyone ever questions what the value of art in general is like capital a art that encompasses like all the mediums all the different practices all the whatever it's like that to me is the like the definition of what art does yeah you know it's like regardless of what it is it's it's it it breaks you out of the habitual way that you live your life and it introduces you to perspectives and experiences that you've never had and will probably never personally have but it gives you tastes of things that exist outside of yourself yeah um and can like in in the in the best possible cases and like foster like you said curiosity and awareness and empathy and like a lack of self-centeredness yeah um and i'm not trying to be like all lofty like no you no, know, no i mean I, I think it's like that like anything that that leads to greater awareness i think ultimately it's like counteracts self-centeredness yeah um i mean like the awareness has to like it, I feel like it's um I don't know almost like like a um cup 
being filled up with water. It's like if the if the cup is the self and the water is the awareness, that's like you you have to be full of your own awareness before it spills out and you can start. Experiencing. You mean self, like self awareness? Yeah. 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 It's like you, there's a there's a level of like understanding and awareness and like insight that you have to have about yourself before you can like I think before it spills out and you gain that awareness and that insight and that connection and that understanding to the world that's outside of you. Yeah, especially because, I mean, this is more on a granular, granular level, like in relationship to other people, but I feel like without self-awareness, you don't realize what you're bringing to things and you don't realize what's your own right. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like kind of like what we were talking about before with like your, like with our anxieties and stuff in relationship to other people, that like if you don't have the awareness to recognize, like, oh, it's like, oh no, I'm feeling this thing but it is totally in like it's totally in house and it's totally just me and yeah. my own shit that's making me feel this yeah and it's you know it's like it has nothing to do with the people that are outside of me yeah. other than the fact that they may have done a thing that has brought like that like bubbled up this thing inside of me and it's all like oh shit now i'm gonna now i'm dealing with this thing inside of me and it's like not their fault and as i mentioned there's nothing like, to do with them it's just all it's all internal yeah and like we were talking about before the recording but like I, in the past, might have been like, I'm feeling this anxiety. First of all, it's like the truth. Yes. Yeah. Like all these like anxiety thoughts that are coming up in my head are reality. That's what it used to feel like for me. And then yeah. also, like, they must be doing something. Because, right. And then, like sometimes, I mean, often it is both people, but in some cases I've realized like it was just me. Or like, it, it, like in, in certain cases it is just me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I had this experience with, with Morgan a while ago that, like, she, like, I, we were, she, her work schedule had changed and we weren't talking as much throughout the day. And I was just feeling, like, really weird and insecure and, like, anxious about our relationship. And, yeah. like, whenever we would, like, hang out in person, it all would evaporate. And then, we, yeah, you know, like, throughout, throughout the week, I would just, it would start pinging again. And I'm like... I totally understand that. It's like, I have, it's like, there's nothing... Like, there's no outside evidence to support any of the shit that I'm feeling anxious or insecure about. It's like, it is just me <laughs> feeling anxious and insecure. And it's yeah. like, okay, oh, well, like, I can see, like, I'm acknowledging that I'm feeling this thing. And I'm, I have now realized that the root of it is me. <laughs> so yeah. I have to fucking deal with this. And it's... Yeah, well, that's one of my things is, like, um, in therapy often, I think my therapist and I will, like, joke about this because I'll be like, She'll point out something, and or like I'll say that I notice I'm doing something, but then I'll be like, I like need a solution. I'm like, but then what do I do about it? <laughs> but what do I do about it? I'm like, I know this is me, so now what do I do about it? Like, give me. Some... <laughs> She's like you. <laughs> but like, yeah, but but she does say one thing she said to do about it was <laughs> to like send realize like oh I'm feeling you know I'm feeling fear right now because of like things that have happened to me and like. I'm sending compassion to myself mm -hmm. for like the ways that I have this pain mm -hmm. and um, yeah, and, and things like that, yeah. which are hard for me to do also. And I've also asked her for tips on how to sit with my emotions, <laughs> <laughs> like literal practical tips on how to sit with my emotions. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. yeah, it's it's tough and it's it's tough to like sit with things and not let it spill over into like dwelling. It's yeah. like be able to keep those boundaries of like, I'm going to sit with this thing yeah. to, to like, and to feel it, but not try to perpetuate the feeling for any for some particular i mean i used, yeah, to, I used to do that oh, yeah. when i was younger that's like i would feel sad or feel something and i would do what i could to like perpetuate feeling that thing i know what you mean yeah i, like, I that's think dumb it's real yeah. stupid it's real dumb <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like 
this year for me has been a lot about, first of all, I started meditating every day starting in um, December. Well, basically every day. I forget some days. But, um, but like one of the biggest things for this year for me has been, because I realized like, okay, I've been in recovery six years. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a long time to even like understand what I'm feeling at all. Mm-hmm. And then I realized recently, like, well, not recently, like sort of maybe in the beginning of this year, I realized I'm not very good at sitting with my feelings. Like, obviously, mm. I'm, I'm better at it than I was when I was, like, drinking them away. But mm. um, I was, like, I still either try to, like, intellectualize, like, why am I feeling? And part of that might come from, like, growing up with psychoanalyst parents. Because, like, you think, because you're talking about your feelings a lot, but it's always, like, what caused that feeling. Mm-hmm. And which can, can be really useful, I think. But I think I was just going to intellectualizing where does this feeling come from instead uh, of feeling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I would, like do something compulsive to try to get rid of it, which is totally my, like, addictive tendencies. Yeah. But, like, both those things were things I always went to. And it was, like, and I never even, like, really realized it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not all the time, but especially if I was, like, dealing with a more painful emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year has been a lot about learning to, like, sit with it. And one of the things, one of the practical things my therapist told me, because really I was, like, I'm ready to do this. Like, I want to sit in my feelings, but I just literally don't know how. I've never yeah. done this. I'm, like, almost 35, you know. And so um, she, she said one of the things which was actually really helpful to me was just, and it might be like anyone who's listening might be yeah. like, yeah, duh. But um, like feeling the spot in your body where you feel it and just like sending love to that area. Oh, interesting. And then by the first, when I was doing that, I found myself being like, well, I wonder why it's in my stomach. Like, what does that mean? And like yeah. looking up like chakras in that area <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, just feel it in your stomach. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That's, it's. It's really interesting to me that, like, that, like, of course, art is a thing that humans do because humans are emotional. Yeah. You know, like, I know that there are other animals that that exhibit emotions and stuff, but I don't know if it's if, if it's the dual factor that we're emotional and sentient that we're like. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it's like we feel shit, and we know we feel shit, and we're like, well, yeah. I gotta do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like most of human nature, like human history and human nature is like, I feel it's like, I feel this, I know that I feel this, it's like, I gotta do something about it. I think sentient is really important because like Cosmo, for instance, my cat, like he's big feelings. We talk about, Trish and I talk about my anchor partner, like we talk about this all the time. He like feels really big feelings, but he doesn't know necessarily that. Right, yeah, it's like, it's it's, it's like instinct, you know, it's like, it's if like, I, I live with a cat and a dog now and it's like. They can be, I mean, I think the dog's, like, sad a little bit that Morgan, my partner, is on vacation right now. Um, I mean, he's usually not super active, but he seems to be a little extra not super active. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, or it's like they, they react. They, they, there's a stimulus, they feel a thing, and they react to yeah. whatever it is that that stimulus is. But, yeah, it's like there's not, it doesn't seem like there's an understanding of, like, you know, like, something is, is painful I mean, this is something that's like, I really wish that you could communicate this with a pet. You know, it's like if there's like something that they're experiencing that's painful or that's frightening or scary for them and you bring them to the vet and it's like, that makes it even oh, more it's scary. So, it's and it's so like, hard. I'm yeah. doing this. Th- it's like, I wish that I could convey to you that this is a thing that will help you in the future. I know. It's like, this Trust is me, like, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I know that this is scary. I know that this feels weird, but you, you will feel better in the future. Like, just trust me yeah, with this. Yeah, we have to give Cosmo subcutaneous fluids every other day and we're like sticking a needle in him and... 
he's he's not terrible with it, but yeah, every time we do it, I just want to be like, I know, because I'm like, in my mind, I imagine him being like, these people who I love and who care right, for me, yeah, it's like every other room. day, just like, push me down. <laughs> they hold me down, <laughs> and they shove a needle in me, and they squeeze a bag of liquid in me, yeah, like it's all big. Because it probably feels really uncomfortable, of, like, fluid just squishing around on your body. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like it's it's just it's it's I feel like humans are in a unique place on Earth specifically, maybe in the I don't know what other yeah. if there are other things in the universe that are feeling shit and are aware that they're feeling shit. But yeah, it's like I mean that to me it's like that explains art. Like there's no other reason for me that you that you need to give there's no other reason that you need to give me for art other than just the fact that humans are emotional beings and they're sentient. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that <laughs> explains everything you need to know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there, if there was an alien, like an alien race that came to Earth and be like, give me the like, the like five second elevator pitch on humans, it'd be like, we're emotional and we're sentient. And like, yeah. got it, okay, we're leaving, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't want to deal with that, no. with feelings. We dealt with that it's, it's in, in, eons ago. We evolved past it. Oh God! Oh, but I love feelings. I yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if I could, if I had to, if I had to either not feel or not be aware of my feelings, I don't think I could choose. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. And I probably told you that I don't like feelings before, but it's, but I do like feelings a lot. Yeah. Feelings are nice. Nice feelings are nice. Yeah. Shitty feelings can also be kind of nice in retrospect, but they, yeah. they're shitty feeling. Yeah. Actively. <laughs> Oh, well, I was, I was going to wrap up the podcast. Well, this is a good time for the... <laughs> <laughs> this is a good time for wrapping up. I was going to say that. I was going to... I was planning on spending the whole time just being... <laughs> being like, what's the deal with life? <laughs> so I'm glad we had a better conversation than that. Yeah. I mean, it's you, not a high you, bar, but... You could have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did ask me that. Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> Yeah, I did ask you about enjambments, but yeah. yeah it's, um, it's, it's, so we are we're hurtling towards the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you my two traditional last two questions for my okay. guests. Um, first question is, if you have the vocabulary for it, what is your internal landscape like? So I had a feeling you might ask this because I remember you. I remember you asking me, uh, asking me this. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> Reset. <laughs> so, I remember you asking me this when I was drinking, which is like a very different time, and I was trying to think. Oh, interesting. Because I still remember what I told you, basically, mm-hmm. which was like... I don't even remember <laughs> like, what you told me. Cartoon characters that were like doing really dark shit and laughing or Oh, something. yeah, like the... Um, something really fucked the, up. Like the breakfast, uh, happy fucking... Oh, shit, what are the happy animal friends? Happy forest? Whatever. Yeah, something like that. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking about that. I don't know why I remember that, but I, I couldn't think of... It's definitely, like, very different now, but I don't know... I don't really have the vocabulary for it, I don't think. That's cool. I think I was trying to think of something that conveys, like... Like, I try to look at things from multiple different angles, but they, it moves quickly. And the only thing I can think of is, like, a factory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... Like so terrible, and that's not what it's like. Would a... Would, like, a kaleidoscope be an appropriate... Ooh. Oh yeah, I really like that. Um, it's a lot like it's a lot 
I mean, cause, like, I know kaleidoscopes get into, like, weird fractal territory shit, but just the, the idea of, like, looking at things from a bunch of different, di like, directions, but moving quickly, just, I imagine it's, like, it's like this sort of spinning, you know, it's like yeah. a, a, a kaleidoscope that, it's not one of the ones that has the, the, whatever it is that you're looking at, like, the beads or shit on the inside, it's like yeah, a, a kaleidoscope telescope yeah. thing, um, which are really, yeah. it's like, it's, there's a bunch of mirrors, and it's like a, a hole at the end of it, so as you're, as you're moving through, it's like, you are seeing just sort of like colors and vague shapes of shit around you in the world, but it's spinning in the, like the fractal pattern. Yeah, I love that. That's once again, you're much better. <laughs> yeah. But I imagine it's like I when I don't know if this is an accurate experience for you, but I imagine that when you were drinking, it was like hectic <laughs> and swirly and like not settled and like there was no like no stillness. Yeah. And I imagine now that despite the things, despite things moving quickly, it feels like there is a, like either a pace, like a steadiness to the pace or just a sort of general, like, like, like quietude around that. Yeah. Definitely. Or it's like, at least things Which, feel like they're a lot, they would be a lot quieter, a lot more like still and for that's, you. And that's why I love a kaleidoscope because all the things you said, that you've already said, but also like. I don't imagine, even if you're going fast with a kaleidoscope, it's not like this Right, yeah, it's, it's wild, still, it's like, like, it's just a kind of, like, a lazy, um, like, carousel Yeah, I was going to say carousel, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's actually, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I don't Much know. better than a factory. <laughs> Which I was like, I'm not saying factory. That's not, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's also, like, I don't know if, if anyone has brought something that is, like, actively moving before like I'm, I'm sure that i think mary's was like um multicolored like frosting oh, I love like mary. real That's thick mary. fucking frosting yeah that makes a lot of sense but yeah. it's like i don't know if i got an image of like it actively swirling or like being like mushed yeah. around and stuff it's just that that image but for yours it's like it definitely makes sense that it is a, it is a thing that is like constantly in motion but it's not a frantic like frenetic motion it's just like a steady sort of like it's at a pace and it's steadiness and it's kind of slow but it's still like it's still just churning it's like yeah. there's that that con the a consistency to the motion and the colors all the colors and the different angles that you're talking about definitely yeah. make and, and the fact yeah like which would feels like it it would maybe match to because it feels like I don't know if my gender identity is a manifestation of my internal landscape or if my gender identity and my internal landscape are just different like it's the same thing manifesting as internal landscape and gender identity yeah and it feels similar like similarly it feels like yours because you are pan gender multi whatever just yeah. the full the full kaleidoscope of genders <laughs> yeah um, the full kaleidoscope that yeah. it feels like it it matches with the fact that like it's a like what you maybe identify with or, or like the the sort of center of that identification is something that is like constantly sort of like moving around yeah that's so funny because i actually was recently thinking that i feel like i mean non-binary is my gender but also right. i feel like i just feel like i'm non-binary in a lot of other ways like in most other ways yeah yeah but non non-binary non due to the fact that you can like you are encompass multitudes of stuff yeah right yeah yeah and not to be yeah i mean it's feels weird to say that it's like, well, I, I mean, contain multitudes but, I mean, but it's, uh, Whitman Whitman said it yeah <laughs> you can use Whitman he's an old gay yeah. poet it's fine yeah he uses language just, yeah it's, it's, it's more just yeah I just feel like in any case where there's usually a binary I feel like I don't really fit 
Right. I, or I like, not that I don't fit, it's like I almost fit everything. Right, yeah. It's like you, you're you the, like, if, if it was a Venn diagram, it would just be a circle of this, yeah. like, a, just a big filled in circle of the space. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Where it, which, in an interesting way, is like, again, sort of, I mean, not that we wind up in the same spot, but it's like yeah. the sort of the, like, it is a, the eternal landscapes and the gender identity are like coexistent manifestations of each other. Yeah. Well, that's what I, my, just for a tangent for listeners, my, my like, <laughs> my theory that Michael and I are like so different that we go back around is because they're, you're like agender and I'm non-binary, but we're both not fitting in the binary, but it's for very different reasons. Yeah. And then... Um, there were other reasons too. I don't There's, remember what the other reasons. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there were so many. Other There's something about our expression of our, our like the way we relate to feelings. Oh, the fact that you don't drink because you don't like alcohol. Oh yeah. I don't drink because I'm like a sober. severe alcoholic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we both like, and when we're at a party, we're both not drinking, so it's like, you know, it's a very different experience, but it's like the same thing. Yeah. And then, I think there were other like I think there was something about our expression, or the way that we experience feelings that kind of came back around. And Maybe. then there was something inappropriate about our sex drives. <laughs> but basically, all it, like I'm just the extra version of Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. You, yeah. you really like. So, I don't know if this is. I don't mean this as an insult. It feels kind of shitty when I thought about it, but I feel <laughs> like you, I feel like Great, you will appreciate it. No, okay. it's like if if I am. A store that has gone out of business and is like closed <laughs> up. It's like the the shelves are barren. Yeah. It's like you are a store that is like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like, it's like you you're this like the surplus store that everything's like fifty percent off. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Like the big warehouse store that's like oh all the surplus goes yeah. there. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You mean the surplus from the store that went out of business? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything just got packed up and shipped out. Yeah. And there's still like one dude in there that's like I that never got fired, but like no one else is worried. It's like he still kind of gets a paycheck somehow. And yeah. Like, why? Why am I here? Anyway. Yeah. Um, my last question for you is: <laughs> Do you have a question for me? Oh, that's. Can be and like any anything on the board, any any regardless whatever. If you just have a question, you're free to ask it. I feel I'm sure I have a lot of questions, but um, <laughs> let me think, because I feel like it has to be a good one. Um, well, it doesn't have to be. Well, I'm sure you've answered about your internal landscape, so, and I think you've talked to me about it before. Did you say it was like sort of like a field? Uh, it is a like Great Plains prairie. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, that I it is I'm either I am either the prairie, I am walking the prairie, or I'm watching myself walk the prairie. Wow. Um, and occasionally there is a small, um, I guess like single room there that has like a bed, a window, a lamp on a, like a little desk. Um, like a, there's a bed, there's like a writing desk, there is a lamp on a nightstand and then a window on the far, um, the far side, like real thin white, um, curtains and the window's open and there's a breeze blowing through. Um, it but that's so that, nice. That only exists occasionally. Yeah. And there is a door in that room that leads to the like. Oh yeah, I do. The like the the that. rooms like that exist the um, I guess like fractal house of myself, but yeah. that only exists occasionally in the landscape. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes it's day, sometimes it's night, 
um, and on, at night there's sometimes a like log with a like a fire pit in front of it. But those like the the features only exist occasionally. It's mostly just big fucking expansive grassland and just a big ass sky with clouds overhead. I love that. I also was gonna ask. Um, yeah. I mean, that wasn't really a question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, have I already asked you this? So yeah. I feel like that doesn't count. Um, but um, when did you do you remember when you first connected to poetry? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't remember when it was in undergrad, but I was. It was in undergrad. Um, I had like I wasn't. I think I was just. I majored in. I guess I. Yeah, I, well, so I was a English major with a creative writing concentration, um, and I had been in some, like, poetry classes um, that didn't really, like, I was in a, um, like, I was writing poetry at the time, I was in, I did a, like, intro workshop um, where my main thing was poetry. Um, but you hadn't connected to it yet? Not really, because, like, I was, I was writing poetry throughout my, um, throughout my youth, um, like, since I was a, like, I first started out writing song lyrics, um, like really shitty song lyrics, like pop punk songs. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of manifested into poetry. Um, but for a huge, huge chunk of my writing life, my early writing life, it was very either like overtly or very thinly veiled Christian allegory shit. Oh yeah. Um, and once I got sort of like towards the end of high school, it sort of branched out and it wasn't always that. Um, and then in undergrad, it was sort of like beginning to branch out some more. Um, but I want to say that it was, I think it was definitely after I stopped being a Christian and like, so when I was, a, when I was a Christian, I viewed poetry as like a, basically a gift from God. Cause the way that oh, poetry yeah, yeah. manifests for me is that like, I get basically like the complete or as much as it has generated in me poem that just sort of pops into my head. It's not something that I can like physically see, but I can like, I can feel it. And I, I basically just tr transcribe what exists in me onto the page. Um, it's like, I very rarely consciously think about poems. It's just, like I said, it's like, I just, I write when I feel moved to write. And I usually feel moved to write when it sort of just like pops up in me somehow. Um, so when I was younger and a Christian, I viewed that as like, oh, I'm being like divinely inspired by God to write. And I was very afraid when I, um, left Christianity that my poetry would vanish because I was like, I like, if God exists and this is actually something from him, if I leave Christianity, will I not have access to it anymore? And there was a, a day I was hanging out on the porch of my apartment and an Eric, there was like, I think it was like towards the end of summer, maybe beginning of fall, and it was like evening. The like dusk was sort of developed, like enveloped. It had shifted from like everything being blue to everything now sort of like being shadow colored. And an air conditioner kicked on somewhere, and for whatever reason, that moment like that threw up some lines in me, and I was like, oh shit, poetry's still here. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So like I was in some classes. I was I was we were reading poetry. I I, I want to say it was. Probably the semester that I was in, the we did uh, the Romantics, so like Wordsworth, Coleridge, um, Blake, and I went to the local Barnes and Nobles and was just kind of looking around the poetry section and found a copy of Redbird by Mary Oliver. Yeah. Um, and read, I think, the majority of it in the Barnes and Noble and was like, I need this. 
Um, and that was the, the very first collection of poetry that I ever read just for my own, like my own devices. Um, and that's when like, that was the first time that poetry really felt like it, like, it felt like I was, I had been like in, in poetry's yard, just kind of like hanging out, maybe like looking through the windows into the house and just kind of like just hanging out in the space. And Mary Oliver's Redbird was like the house, the front door was thrown open and I was like ushered inside yeah, and I was like, I will, okay, I'm like, I'm in it now. Once again, I'm very good at Do you think that, oh, I don't want to interrupt your thought. No, no, that was, that was, uh, that was basically, it's like, it was Mary Oliver started it and then like, it just kind of, I, I really started figuring out like the beginnings of kind of my writing style and it, it didn't really solidify until uh Aishin Hutchinson's class at UB yeah oh. um, which got me like he we had a meeting one day and like one of the one of the constant critiques that I got about my poetry is that it felt too like abstract and it's like there was it, there wasn't any grounding to it and because I thought that I was writing like really like I was writing really evocative images, but they weren't connected to anything. Um, and so I shouldn't like we were talking and I, I had submitted some stuff to him and we were talking about it. And he was like, like he told me basically the same thing. And he was like, you know, you should seek out some poetry that is very concrete and very image centric. And I was trying to think what I had in my collection that I could that I could lean on. And I had for like, I don't know. I had picked up some poetry and thought some haiku anthologies and like thumbed through them and like they did you know they were cool but they really didn't connect and then after that class I went back home and was kind of looking through my stuff and I was like well from what I know about haiku it's basically just images yeah and that's when I started really reading haiku and really started writing and it's like that fundamentally changed my poetry style um yeah but you were you're were gonna ask Oh, well, I feel like I'm cheating because I already asked. Oh, no, no, I'm... <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure how to phrase this, but when you were talking about, like, the Christian allegory, it made me wonder if you think that had an influence, like, the way that you grew up evangelical, like, if that had an influence on on your later poetry. Um... Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think that, like writing those poems just gave me the sort of muscle memory and just the experience of like writing poetry yeah um but there's nothing about the poetry that i'm writing now that is like yeah i, I feel think, like a weird question because i don't want it no, no 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 i mean it's it's there like that that section of my life feels like it is like it's something that i know that i went through and i know that has that it has influenced me and that you know it's like i'm not the person that i i would not be the person that i am today had i not gone through that but it feels like a lot of what i went through or what, a lot of what i i lived and went through during that time i have basic was basically like if you can imagine walking to like a t intersection and you can take a right or a left and the left takes you like miles and miles away in the opposite direction of the destination that you want to get to. It feels like those years I was walking that road. And when I, I left Christianity, it was a lot of walking back to get myself to that intersection yeah. and then continuing on to the direction that I actually wanted to go. That's all. I mean, this is a completely, completely different experience, but I definitely, I can relate in that in the sobriety 
thing. Like it, I, I had a feeling that like that yeah. there would be a, a, a connective. I mean, it's, it's it's a totally different experience, and it's not the way I grew up. Like I didn't right. grow up in an addiction, but like yeah, just that. But there is a like there is an experience that you went through that at the time. I mean, I don't know if at the time you like. For, I, I think that this is probably different. It's like at the time, like I was fully. Well, I mean. Maybe not. It's like I was fully into Christianity. It's like yeah. I, had, I basically dedicated my life to it to the point that I was really like I was honestly thinking of going to seminary for college to wow. become like a, a Bible scholar. Um, but yeah, it's like it. I I think that I think that the like writing poetry when throughout that time gave me the sort of like just like the physical like the like um, just training to write poetry and to, to the, the ability to like get out the things that I felt yeah. into words. Um, I mean, I'm sure I know that I said earlier that there's no good or bad poetry, but I'm sure that those, a lot of those poems are just shitty for, I think a lot of the reasons that I, I, I mentioned that I think poetry, it can be, you know, it's like just young and inexperienced. It's like, I know that a ton of that poetry is just young and inexperienced. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's like, I, up until up until a certain age, I don't remember when it was. It was when I was a teenager. It was probably like mid to late teens. Like all the poetry that I wrote was basically like some had something to do with my my faith in God in some some way. And because that is such like not an aspect of my life anymore. Yeah. Um. There's really not like anything that I can think of from that from poetry when from the poetry that I wrote when I was that age to the poetry that I'm writing yeah. like well it makes now. sense that that's what it was coming up then because if you felt like it was like a gift oh from yeah. God. yeah yeah I mean I was I was fully believed that like what like my poetry was was basically divinely inspired which is yeah. one of the reasons why I didn't edit or revise for a long fucking time because I thought that's like well this is the thing that God like spoke to me and gave me so yeah. it's like that's it. That's that's the thing. It's like mm. yeah. I want to say I feel like it was a, a weird question just because I didn't mean to imply that like that experience. No, 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 no. Was like what made you a poet? It's just when you said the allegory thing, it made me curious. No, I mean it's because like it. Yeah, I just it wasn't like. It honestly reminds me of a lot of like other Christian poetry that I've read, which again, it's like if, if you are a Christian that are listen, that's listening to this and you write poetry that's like God centric, or if you are a fan of that poetry, you get stuff out of it. It's like that's great. I'm I'm grateful for that that you have that you have that outlet or you have that thing that that feeds you emotionally. It's great. Um, but similar to like Instagram poetry, it's like when I read a lot of of like Christian poetry, it just doesn't leave me feeling like anything. It does, like doesn't yeah. give me any insights. It's just, because I think be, like it's a, it's an experience that I had that I walked away from. So when I see other people having that experience, it's something that's like, I mean, I, I, if I was a Christian and I was reading that, I would be all over it. But because it's a thing that's like, I actively and consciously decided to leave. Yeah, I can totally see that. That it's like, you know, like I can... Similarly, like with the like the story of um, like the nativity, um, or even like the story of the crucifixion, it's like there's still at like certain ways that it's it's presented, you know, like in Christmas music or you know whatever that like there's still aspects of it. It's like mm, this story is emotionally resonant. If it, like if it wasn't 
for Christianity, I would probably really like be really feeling it. But yeah. you know, there's still a lot of like there's a lot of extra shit that it's like I I can't like there you know the things about it that I'm like I'm not a fan of this and how it's how it's manifested. Yeah, it's so funny because it's I mean not funny but interesting. I'll say funny is totally the wrong word, but um like my family's not religious at all, but we're Jewish, and I. That's a whole other story. But anyway, um, they, like, because I, I think, well, maybe in part because I didn't grow up, like, religiously, mm -hmm. and I wasn't forced to go to temple, or, like, we didn't do anything. Um, yeah. We just, like, celebrated the holidays, mm -hmm. mostly with family, but there's certain, there's certain, like, more traditions, but there are certain, like, um, I can't even really think of the word, but there are certain, like, parts of Ju Judaism mm -hmm. that, like, I have... Judaism. I don't know if people pronounce it different ways, but yeah. anyway, I like that I feel more connected to it as an adult. Yeah. And it's like, because I don't have that like baggage of, I don't know if the baggage is the right term, but like, yeah. I don't have that, like I disconnected from it because it was like forced on me. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, there are certain things and it's not, it's something I'm choosing and it's just like bits and pieces of it that I'm choosing. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the core story of like the nativity or even the resurrection or like the crucifixion, you know, it's like, it's the, that someone... The, like the the core emotional story to that is that like someone loves you enough that they will they're willing to sacrifice a thing to like save you it's like yeah. that's like that is a resonant that is an emotionally resonant story that if it what if it was like depicted or was presented in any other way i would like i would feel it emotionally but because yeah. it's like the nativity is like so ensconced in the christian tradition it's like i i you know yeah. i st like hearing someone sing oh come oh come emmanuel it's like i still get tears it's like that gives me the asthma tingles as much as i yeah. wish that it wouldn't because but it's like it's there is i mean similar with like some gospel songs it's like it just there's there i think i i think in those instances i'm i'm connected and i'm impacted by the emotionality of it not yeah, necessarily yeah. Like not not the story, not the thing itself, but the sort of underlying emotion of it. And it's like, okay, I maybe can I'm maybe at a point now that I'm I'm I have enough distance from from that part of my life and the like the reasons why I left and the sort of like anger and resentment that I felt for a long, long fucking time, um, that I can separate out like the emotionality and can connect with that and not connect and like just tone out yeah. the like the trappings of, of why it's emotional yeah i just say it's funny that you're like we're wrapping up and i'm like let's talk about religion i <laughs> <laughs> just minor a minor topic <laughs> yeah but it is it really i never really i guess thought about it before that like i i really got into poetry when i was younger because of like i mean i maybe not like got into it because of my like my faith but it was a sort of like co coexistent coincident thing that like my faith was ratcheted up in like my sort of my writing of poetry because it was something that like I I had seen it seemed like I had a natural talent towards yeah um which you know like I'm I'm grateful that it was I at least had the experiences that it could be nourished um and I could I could get some of that like early experience writing and sort of the like the the feeling of like what it the awareness and the sort of, um, uh, what's the word? I guess like comfortableness or comfort of the, the feeling of what it 
or the experience of what it feels like to, to have something manifest inside of me and like get it out yeah. in a way that is um, that does whatever it was that was in me justice like I had a lot of experience with that and I think that because of that it's maybe easier for me to do poetry now or easier for me to like write a thing that comes out fresh and it's really fucking close to a final draft like yeah. fresh because um, I like I, I ruminate and germinate on poems I think unconsciously for a long fucking time before they ever pop up conscious like into my conscious mind of like oh okay this is the thing that I can write it's yeah. like it's swirling around and sort of it's putting itself together and then it pops up so I think I do a lot of like unconscious internal editing and proofing and revising of a thing yeah. before it manifests and then when it manifests it's just it's like a little bit of like fine-tuning for it to be exactly like maybe not exactly what I had in my head but the thing that exactly conveys whatever emotional experience that I'm, I want yeah. it to convey but all right. Well, I think I think that's a podcast. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm so glad that you're my first guest post hiatus because I was like, I was like, man, I really, I'm so out of practice with talking to people for a long time, and yeah. I feel like Tyler having talking with Tyler would be real low stakes of just like because we've talked about poetry so much in the past. Yeah, and also like I can talk. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's yes. Like this would this would be a nice nice conversation. Yeah. Um, but also, thank you, uh, listeners, um, for listening. Um, I have been noticing the the plays on some of the recent episodes climbing. So I'm just I'm still at the stage. I don't know if I will ever not be at the stage that I'm just amazed that people are actually and actively listening to this podcast. Um, I'm I'm grateful that so many people seemingly find or get something out of it. Um, that's great. Um, but um yeah i'm i'm excited for future guests i'm excited i got to talk to tyler for over two hours um this is really oh, good wow it's been over two hours it's like two or 221 um but yeah this is a really great way to spend friday night yeah it was <laughs> um so uh on that note um i will talk to y'all next time <laughs>